You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blurry Vision, your window into the world of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it every week. It's your boy Jordan. Oh my god, two weeks in a row with... Jeffrey Rays. Oh my god, we are here and back again, my friend. <laughs> I was about to say, what was... I was about to say, what was that? Like, at least, like at least my... At least my it was... My intro had some flair. Come on. My intro had some flair. That, that was the intro. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you, left a, you always leave a big gap, and it's like, oh, wait, is I, am I supposed to say something right here? Well, I was kind of also trying to do a, a, a Lord of the Rings reference that they're in, like, we're here and back again. It's kind of like they're in back again, the Bilbo Baggins story. You, you expected, know, you expected just... me to get that, right? You expected me to get that? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were true Lord of the Rings fans in this fucking podcast. I'm, I'm joking. I'm actually not that huge of lord of the rings fan at all <laughs> i i love i love lord of the rings like i love the medieval genre i love the medieval genre in general it doesn't like it it, it doesn't matter like what form of media it comes in i i i like the medieval genre in general i like lord of the rings i like um mm. I, I, I like um game of thrones, game obvi- of thrones. Obvi- yeah. obviously of and then also i'm a bi- without lord of the rings there would be no game of yeah thrones. literally literally and then like i'm a big i'm also i'm a big like skyrim player i love playing Skyrim it's like it's like literally my favorite RPG ever like if I want to feel like I'm in Middle Earth or I'm in fucking Game of Thrones I will go and I will indulge myself in in Skyrim not to mention like how much many influences uh those two forms of media have had on that game throughout the years but anyways let's get into but I'd say but I'd say that Lord of the Rings inspired all of that. It's like the the mother of all fantasy stories. And like I, I was half joking. Like I'm not a I'm not gonna claim that I'm like a super Lord of the Rings fan, but I was a big fan of the original trilogy. I did try and watch all three uh entries of The Hobbit, even though that that fucking series did not need three entries. That could have been like one or two movies at most. <laughs> no, hon- but, no, honestly, I say I thought I, I I saw all all six films. I saw all three of the Hobbit films. Like I've seen, I've seen everything extended. I've seen everything, and honestly, well, the extended Lord of the Rings are way better than the uh, cinematic ones. Well, yeah, obviously for obvious reasons. But um, there were, there was no in the third movie, uh, Return of the King. There was literally no finale with Saruman without the extended version. <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, oh yeah, he's in his tower. Yeah. Anyway, it's like what? Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> that was one of, that was one of the disappointing things. Um, is that you you don't get the context of, like everything that's going on. But I was going yeah. I was going to say I I can appreciate the fact that they drew out the Hobbit into three separate films. Just because there's like there's so, there's so I I do I I, I genuinely I do because it's like I'd rather they fit fit it into three films rather than like cut down like a bunch of stuff later on and then it's like you're missing all this stuff. Do you yeah. do you know the Hobbit story? They they drag that shit out it's ridiculous. Like it would have been better if they condensed it because and that's that's the interesting thing about like storytelling and pacing that you can have something be too long or you can have something be too short. There's a sweet spot in there, and if you tell a story 
longer than it needs to be told, you convolute it and lose a lot of the audience. So a lot of the reason people didn't like The Hobbit was because it was so meandering with the story. It didn't have a strong focus. Like, what do you really remember from The Hobbit? There was, like, the dragon. That was the important part. The five armies and that ridiculous... Uh, 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 them going down the river in those crate scene. Like that those three things did not need to be three movies. <laughs> that could have been two movies at most. <laughs> so much filler in that fucking trilogy. Oh, and a pit. You don't agree? Or did you like it all? I dude, honestly, I, I could I could take the Hobbit for what it is, man. Like I enjoy I enjoyed a lot of things about those films. Like um so you like the Hobbit? I do. Like, you actually I, like? The I Hobbit? do. I do. I do like the Hobbit. There wow. are there are a lot of things that I uh, I do I did enjoy about about the Hobbit. I like I like seeing um I like seeing the story from from Bilbo's perspective and how he got mm. to the point where he did in the Lord of the Rings and then I and then um I know that some people like to complain that Legolas, Legolas was there. And like he wasn't supposed to be. ridiculous. Yeah. Not not even. I, I'm, see, I'm not. I'm not that guy. Yeah. That's where I, I'm not going to claim being a super fan yeah. because there's, some people are so deep in the Tolkien lore that they're like. And even we get the Rings of Power for this week's review, one of our three topics this week. Um, a lot of people or a lot of issues people had going into it, I know, were just inconsistencies in the lore. But I'm not that much of a stickler for like it has to be exact. I I didn't read the books, so I don't I don't really care. And I'm not that much of like a lore fiend that I no Legolas wasn't in it, so it doesn't it's not canon. My issue was at that point Legolas had become such a fucking like like I don't want to say Mary Sue, but like he be, his badassery in the original Lord of the Rings had become such like pop culture legend that he became ridiculous in the Hobbit. Like it was just, it was Legolas. It's just the solos. point that was Legolas just solos, it, but it, he sold Lord of the Rings too, but not in such a cartoony way. Yeah. And when we get into the rings of power. There are oh, some yeah. things that happened. That I'm like, oh, yeah. you guys took all the wrong notes from the Hobbit. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Please, no, <laughs> don't do this. But I was also going to say like, it's amazing how like, even just like the book itself and like, the, the the franchise itself has like um it's sprinkled it's sprinkled into other medias like it's it's been referenced in fucking Stranger Things like Eddie Eddie and fucking Dustin oh, yeah. they're fan they they play D and D and they're and they're and they're fans of of the book Lord of the Rings and it's like we still get those references and those jokes when Eddie's like oh so you're asking me to go walk into Mordor with you and it's like you still get it even though like the movies aren't out at that time you yeah. know it's supposed to be an eighty set piece and it's like you still get it. It's like the stories. Um, they liked it before yeah. it was cool. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, it's fucking timeless. Or even in Falcon of the Winter Soldier, Bucky's Bucky, uh, the the scene where freaking Sam, Sam's like, you know, Lord of the Rings. It's like I read the book when it came out in 1956. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It's like literally, literally, it's it's amazing how timeless the the story is, and it's still being told today. Yeah, which is what we're gonna get into mm. when we talk about so, Rings of Power. Yeah, and. When you talk about things like timelessness and the fact that you like The Hobbit, I think makes you a great person to have on this podcast because I really want to... The fact that you like The Hobbit means that you liked more Lord of the Rings content consistently than I even did. So I'm really curious to know how you felt about Rings of Power. Um, but before we get into that, we have... The reason why we're here in the first place, we actually got emails. No shit. So before we get into She-Hulk, before... Yeah, we got we got more than five. So people... I said three to five. I said three is a little ball. Five people really cared. But the fact that we got seven warms my heart. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Like, honestly, it... I, I wasn't joking when I was, like, asking uh, for a little bit of support to, to come back. Because it not only has it been so long, I was, I was a little 
curious slash concerned that maybe people wouldn't care anymore since it's been so long. Like, there's a million other podcasts out there. I had, so like that I we had still have sim- a, I a had, hardcore yeah. audience. Yeah, I had similar concerns too. I was worried, like, oh man, who's actually listening to us anymore? Because I know we were off the grid for like a good while and we had a really long hiatus and whatnot. So it's good to know that people are are genuinely listening to us, and you know they seem to like our takes. Yeah. And even if they don't, they're still here. So thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, seriously, guys. Uh, and yeah, and Crystal couldn't be here this week, um, but hopefully she can be here next week so we can talk more about uh, She-Hulk and the Rings of Power. Because I have gotten a couple messages of people like, oh, you're talking about female issues and, f- and feminism. Why don't you have a female on the podcast to discuss these things? I'm like, because we want to be misogynistic for a week. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> Like, you know, I that last week was like a rant. I wanted to get things off my chest. Yeah. And frankly, if I had my girlfriend sitting next to me, I might not have been as frank in no, some of the things probably I was saying. Not. <laughs> like, ah! Probably not. You know what the problem with feminism is? She'd be like, what's the problem? I'd be like, nothing. Nothing's the problem. Everything's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> feminism is the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but all right, let's, uh, let's get into some of these emails. Here's the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail Starting with our old pal, Lee Mahi The the subject is, I want more podcasts Well, that's what you're going to get, bro Honestly, I am writing this so you could hopefully come back for more podcasts I need my favorite podcast back Favorite Wow Thank you. We're, we're a favorite. I miss this podcast we're talking. Someone's favorite podcast. Wow, yeah. it's crazy, right? Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> uh, I miss this po- I miss this podcast talking about things, even if that contents, <laughs> even if the contents are terrible. So thanks for suffering through stuff to tell us if it might be worth watching. Uh, but to end this email, I have a question: the Batgirl movie cancellation. Why does that make you excited for a Batman Beyond movie? Oh, I feel that yes. should scare you more for the future of these properties. But I want to hear why you think differently. Maybe it will change my mind, or if not, I might write in and explain why I feel differently. Probably write in still so I can hopefully get more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, please, bro. Whether you agree with me or not, please write in and we can have like a little bit of a dialogue about this. And I think he's referring to a post I made um, when Batgirl was canceled. I specifically said that it's a good thing. Because now it opens the door for the possibility of making an actual Batman Beyond adaptation. That and would I be think dope. that, yeah, it would be. I mean, it goes kind of into everything we're talking about this week. Everything we're talking about this week stems from some kind of source material, whether that be a comic or a, or a book um, between House of Dragons and, and Ring of Power. Um, and it's a thing where I feel like the when Hollywood adapts things in the incorrect way, it does a disservice to the original stories. Yes. For example, BVS is a great example of mixing together a bunch of really great comic book elements. But poor ass execution. All up. Yes. And fucking it all up and missing the point entirely of each of the individual stories. And the problem with doing that is it's like, it's like burning a bridge. Once you, pull the best parts of a comic or something from the source material out and, and adapt it for the big screen, that plot thread is burned. So the next person coming along that wants to make something isn't going to touch that plot thread. So in the case of Batgirl, Batgirl literally pulled from... It basically just copy and pasted Batman Beyond story and, and stamped Batgirl on it rather than Terry McGinnis. And it's like, I don't want a half-baked 
I'm sorry, judging from everything I've seen from what Batgirl was gonna be, a a a feminist propagandist fucking adaptation of Batman Beyond where it just makes a woman of color in the Batgirl who takes the place of Batman. And then, of course, have we seen over and over again, we've seen how this is handled. It's, gonna, it's probably going to be a thing. And I, and I can even say this confidently because of the fact that it was canceled without seeing the light of day means it had to have sucked. So that tells me that it exemplified all the worst parts of all these terrible fucking agenda-based stories we've seen lately in media. So it would have been Batgirl with no flaws. She would just like She-Hulk. She would have been fucking throwing her weight around and nobody would have questioning her selfishness, her, her antagonism, all of her toxic masculine qualities that are always fine when it's a woman doing it in media. So like, I don't, I don't want that Batman Beyond corrupted story. I want actual Batman Beyond. Word. Because if someone can take, like, yeah, because rather than give me a half assed version, give me the actual thing. And now that that doesn't exist, we have the opportunity for, and it, it might not happen still, but at least now there's a chance that if somebody says, like, hey, I want to, I have a great idea for Batman Beyond original movie, now they can do it and pull liberally from the actual source material and not have to worry about, oh, well, Batgirl already did this, so we can't now. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, on the only thing that I'm honestly upset about when it comes to the Batgirl film are two things, um, and they're literally they're intertwined, and it's basically uh, Brendan Fraser and the fact that I I will have to wait longer to see Firefly on on the big screen because most people I I'm a I'm a fan of Firefly. I saw Firefly for the first time on the original. Um, batman batman the animated series i think it was no it was a new it was new the new batman adventures because i remember that's when they changed the animation style and one of the first episodes i saw had firefly in it and i remember batgirl was also in that same episode and and she actually got caught in an explosion and she got hospitalized by firefly so that was always synonymous with me so when I heard that they were making a Batgirl film and Firefly was going to be the villain, I was really looking forward to that, honestly. Like, just see, being able to see Firefly on the big screen. So that's the only thing that I'm upset about is that I'm not going to be able to see Firefly on the screen because he's literally one of my favorite villains. You'll just see him in something else. Eh, better. Hope, like, <laughs> hope, yeah, hopefully I mean, better. I mean, yeah, I hear everybody always talking about like the Firefly Brendan Fraser thing, but like, what Brendan Fraser are you talking about? Mummy Brendan Fraser? Because that Brendan Fraser don't exist no more. Like, have you seen Brendan Fraser lately? Yeah. He he's a hot mess. So it's hey, like, did leave, you like, leave <laughs> Brendan Fraser alone? He has been through so much. It's not his fault. Leave him alone, hey Jordan. <laughs> I I liked him as a robot on Doom Patrol. He's probably like the one of the best characters because he had great voice, but. In terms of like seeing him, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but hey, hey, more power to him, you know. I'm, I'm, no yeah. hate, no hate, <laughs> no shame on no. his game. No. Uh, He's been through a lot. Email, okay. Lamahi. We love. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next email comes from Seneev Shamisi. What a journey. Uh, this is a long one. Uh, this is this is Seneev. I've literally been following you since you first started the podcast with your ex girlfriend and Javon. Oh. <laughs> through the heart that it was like a step then saw emotional you emotional damage emotional damage <laughs> none now live who remember to throw another lord of the rings reference out there <laughs> do i understand how you've been feeling especially when it comes to agenda and media thank you 
I don't know. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm numb to it now, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mainly because I've stopped watching. Well, that's kind of the point. <laughs> if it's if it's so bad, it's made you stop watching. That's the problem. That's what they're Why trying something- to do. They're trying to make us. They're trying to make us all get so frustrated that we stop watching the media, so that way we stop complaining. And then it's like all these all the people who are like complicit to everything that's going on, like how they're freaking numb to it and how they want to defend the establishment, basically. You know, it's like, that means they, oh. the minute you stop watching, that means they yeah, so Exactly. I and mean, what you just said is exactly how I feel, because it's this thing, that's just another method of control. Either they manipulate you and gaslight you to the point where you don't want to say anything bad about it because you'll be canceled. Literally. Or they get all the people that actually will say something bad about it and just stop watching completely. Like, how many times have you heard that online? If you don't like it, just stop watching. Literally. It's like. Motherfucker, I'm a fan of this shit. I want to like it. And if no one's saying I don't like it, they're going to keep they're going to keep making shit and it's going to keep going downhill. And I am I'm done censoring myself because I was at I've been on this podcast again, I, I keep saying it, but I was on this podcast from day 1 years ago talking about a slippery slope in media. And what's happened since then? We've been on a slippery slope and shit has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And it's going to keep happening unless we say or do something. So like I said last week, that's why I'm Captain America shit now. I'm not going to fucking say nothing. I'm going to fucking stand by what I know is right. And this shit is shit. I'm going to say it shit until it's, get, until it's fixed. <laughs> God damn it. Best analogy. Uh, best analogy. I feel like I could, the main problem. Best analogy that I could give in that scenario is like, is like people hate it when you say like, oh, compare your your films and your fr- and your movies to 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 fine dining. It's like if the food's bad, you're gonna fucking complain about it. You're gonna say I don't like how this is cooked. Mm. So literally, it's like yeah. if it's cooked bad, you want me to say that it's still fucking good? And then people wanna ar- wanna argue even on that. It's like oh, it's not the same thing. Like yes, it is the fucking same thing because film is an art form. Culinary food is an art form. Mm. It's the same fucking thing. Facts. It's just a different fucking medium. So we are gladly able to complain about the food if we don't like what the fuck we're being served. If you want to go and say the food's good, well, <laughs> raise your fucking standards then. Seriously. 100% agreed. Continue. Uh, I feel like the main problem with modern Hollywood these days isn't the political messaging. It's the lack of good writing. I think it's both. I feel as though... I think they go hand in hand, honestly. Literally. I feel as though writers across the board in the West have become lazy. I don't know, bro. I don't agree with that. I, it's not that they become lazy. It's that the people that are put in these positions are the people that have the opinions and the activist mindset that the powers that be want them to have. So they're not picking people that are the best writers. They're picking people that have no business writing these things in the first place, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, I mean, I, to throw it out there now, like it's not news, but I saw a thing where the the She-Hulk writer, the head the head showrunner of She-Hulk, was rejected three times from Marvel for different projects that she tried submitting for before she was accepted for She-Hulk. You think that's just because what that she was just, like she was discriminated against that the that feminine or that uh that misogyny and the patriarchy didn't let her through the door those three times? No. I'd argue that those three times are because clearly based off the writing quality we've seen in She-Hulk, she ain't the best writer. But when her political activism aligned with what they were looking for for She-Hulk, she got the job. And she got the job, I guarantee you, over 20 other female writers who are probably bigger She-Hulk fans than her that could have wrote a better She-Hulk show than her. I guarantee you. There's no... You cannot tell me there are not other female writers in Hollywood. That's the other thing. I'm not even against like making everybody in the writer room female. 
but get fucking fans, <laughs> not activists. No, straight up. I've literally been like, I, I still like that's been resonating with me a lot. It's like we as fan film makers, like we always hear the phrase that fans do it better, and it still stands yeah. true. Like there's people who have been on so many franchises throughout the years, and the reason why those franchises came out so good as they did is because at the end of the day, they're fucking fans. If you got non-fans mm-hmm. writing these stories, making these shows, it's never going to be as good as it possibly could be. Not at all. Before we get... I We're going to get into it and get into She-Hulk, but you can literally feel what the priorities of a writer are in their writing. So guess what? I can tell you right now, with 110% certainty, that the that the head writer for She-Hulk is a bigger fan of Megan Thee Stallion than she is She-Hulk. Guarantee you. Oh, <laughs> I, would, I would bet my life on it. <laughs> she is a bigger fan of Megan Thee Stallion than She-Hulk. And you can feel it in the writing. Bro, That's what she's a fan of. Literally half that yeah, fucking... Exactly. Half, half of this week's episode of She-Hulk was literally dedicated to Megan Thee Stallion. And it's nothing. It's nothing against Megan Thee Stallion. It's just like... It did not feel like the She-Hulk show. It literally just it just felt like a filler episode. It literally just felt like, felt if, like a filler episode of Ally McBeal. And it's like, I get it. It's supposed well, to be a playoff of Ally McBeal. But at the same time, it's just like, there's no superheroing. There's barely any superheroing to be done well, in the She-Hulk well, show. Well, well, well. We'll we'll get into yeah. it, but yeah, yeah we'll just put it. a put a put a cap in that for now. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's bad. <laughs> uh, I only find myself liking very few shows these days that are Western media. For example, I love The Boys because it has genuinely good writing, except for the last two episodes of season three, and it's very political but smart about what it's saying and isn't condescending about it. Exactly. These days, I find myself gravitating more to manga, mainly because the writing tends to be better. For example, SPYX Family, or I didn't read that actually, or Chainsaw Man, or Jujutsu Kaisen. The only time I've ever had an issue with these manga is when the writing becomes questionable. Modern comic book media have become so corporate they're more or less been watered down and rely more on name recognition than the actual quality of the content. Kind of like what happens to small restaurant when it becomes a big franchise. Well, there's your food your food metaphor right there. Up, up, <laughs> uh, modern, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Jordan, if you really want to change, or if you really want change in your media, stop supporting the bad content. Again, why waste your time on something that's going to piss you off? For me personally, I've stopped watching all MCU content after Spider-Man Far From Home because the writers have just become so lazy. Far From Home is not a good movie, by the way. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, wait. Far From Home or No Way Home? Which one are you talking about? Probably No Way Home. He's saying Far, he's saying far From Home twice. I- I'm going to assume he actually meant Far From Home. Mm. Uh, Spider-Verse was better. Spider-Verse was better, and they had less time to work with. In conclusion, just support what you like. I think he meant No Way Home if he's comparing it to Spider-Verse. Yeah. In conclusion, just support what you like. Capitalism is money-oriented, so eventually it's going to have to hear what the market wants. I mean, I 100% agree with you. I'm just in a weird position where... And I, trust me, I don't go out... I, I didn't even go see Thor like the first weekend it came out. Like I, I've lost my hype to go see movies opening weekend. No Way Home I did. Yeah. I feel like that was like the last exception. No, dude, literally. Um, no, no, literally. No Way Home... That was the peak. No Way Home was the fucking peak of the MCU right now. And now it's all gone downhill. Like mul- Spider-Man Avengers. <laughs> Multiverse, of Ma- Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be, at least what I thought, was going to be like the next the next spike, next big thing yeah. in the MCU. But then it just turned out to be a fucking letdown. And I will die on this hill, and I don't care who decides to come with me. I will say it loud, and I will say it proud. Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, I- a Multiverse of Madness is The Last Jedi of marvel it is the last jedi of marvel 
damn. I actually I don't know if I would go that far. If I would call anything Last Jedi Marvel, I would call Captain Marvel the Last Jedi of Marvel. <laughs> it is because literally you had so much expectations going in, and then the director decided to go instead of following the storyline. He decided to do his own thing. And I love Sam Raimi. I love Sam Raimi. I love his storytelling and everything. And I'm honestly glad that he got to do that project. But at the same time, I'm upset that he didn't really pay attention to the source material. He didn't do his homework. And he basically went off in his own direction with everything. And that's causing a lot of continuity errors between WandaVision. And it basically defeats the purpose mm. of WandaVision storytelling. And basically, like... Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, and literally, okay. it's and it's like I see, I, what, you're, I see yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like, and not not to mention, so, literally, so much so much wasted potential. You know, so. Oh, uh, okay. Now I get the comparison. Yeah. You're saying that, Wandavision is Force Awakens and Multiverse of Madness is Last Jedi. Thank you. Exactly. Okay. All right. Now I get what you're saying. I, I'm now I'm picking up what you're putting down. Good. And I actually agree with that. Good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I was saying Captain Marvel because in my mind, Captain Marvel was like the first like red flag. Like, yeah. like, oh, all is not well in the house of MCU. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a weakness here, and that weakness in Captain Marvel slowly expanded to everything else. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Sineve. I'm just in a weird position where because I run so many media pages for like all this stuff, including the podcast we're supposed to do right now. I guess. My role would have to be I watch the stuff and then warn people if it's bad or not. <laughs> so even if I suffer through it, the way I rationalize that, even though I'm consuming it, and like you said, the, if I really didn't want them to keep doing these things, I, I just wouldn't support them. The best thing I could do is try and convince as many people as possible to not bother. Because if they don't, because that that's like, it's not just one person not going to see a movie, then it's hundreds possibly thousands if people that, actually, that's that's how you, that's how you hurt them that's how you hurt these big conglomerates you gotta hit them in their pockets you don't go to the movies yeah. to go see a movie they won't fucking they won't make another one that's when they start listening is when you hit them in their wallet and i would never not be honest like i, I if i feel even a movie that i'm or or anything if i'm looking forward to it and i end up liking it i would never be the guy that's like oh it's bad just because i, I want to stay on my high horse of hating something like i i give everything or at least i try to give everything a fair shot yeah including rings of power absolutely yeah. <laughs> Woo! this is a bit of a long one okay this one's from nick hidalgo oh boy uh at long last <laughs> At long last, the Prodigal podcast has hopefully returned. Well, well, look who's back. Hey, you guys, Super Iron Halo here. Hey, man, been a while. Hoping to be part of those five emails to get you to come back. Not to say a lot, but welcome back. I know that's weird for me to say, isn't it? Lol, just kidding. I have some opinions for sure. Jordan, you thought you were going to get off not reading a high school research paper? Haha, no way. No way, no how. Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> Anyways, here are some thoughts I have. She-Hulk and various thoughts on media in general. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I never thought I'd see the day, but I guess I've become one of the masses. Because honestly, guys, I like She-Hulk. Ooh. Okay, maybe not like-like, but I see She-Hulk as sort of, uh, as a sort of appeal to the masses, ABC-style show in a way. Kind of like the vibe of a modern family or The Office or some such. The thing is, guys, I think maybe it's what it is, and that's mass entertainment to appeal to a spectrum of people. Let me explain. I'll let him explain. For example, me and my family make it an effort as family event to gather around the living room and watch the latest MCU thing that hits Disney Plus or theaters if we had the funds, which we don't. So semi-excited to see Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, so when these... 
so when these jokes came up and the feminist parts of the show were shown and apparent in the first two episodes, my parents, who are in their mid-50s, actually didn't mind it and kind of chuckled and laughed every now and then. And they didn't see it as such. I think mainly because for them, they just need some kind of a bit of entertainment to escape from their daily lives and whatnot, and they're not plugged into the internet. Hegvik didn't have social media accounts, so there's that, of which I'm kind of grateful for. In a way, I've been in the same boat. I think the life as an everyman, which I've come to accept that I am now, that I won't be a voice actor or work in the movies like I dreamed when I was a teenager isn't reality anymore. Maybe, but I don't know. I just want to thrive a bit. And what I have, don't never give up on your dreams, bro. Even if you think it's impossible, you only truly fail when you when you quit. Um, do I miss the voiceover gigs I used to do? Yeah, but they were free gigs and weren't paid, so I couldn't make a living off of it. Nothing that will sustain me or anything, like you know. I guess at some point down the road, I became part of the masses. I'm just enjoying things I like and doing what I like. This sounds so defeatist. <laughs> don't be like this, Super Iron Halo. He's like, yeah, I just became a nameless face in the crowd. Like, no, I'm I'm watching the the world strip your identity away from you. Don't let it happen. <laughs> Uh, God, that makes me sad. I'm still kind of fine. It's also very relatable. Okay. It's also very relatable. I mean, it is, but that's that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> I kind of, I still kind of find them just fine and okay. Part of the MCU, which kind of always felt like this way since maybe Age of Ultron, it's been sort of heightened in a way. But that all being said, I think I just need escapism for just a tiny moment. I think I almost don't have the time or energy to focus. Oh my God. Or hone in on things like I used to anymore, like to dissect something in a way, because I'm trying to consume a lot of media lately, audiobooks included, along with keeping up with gaming and D&D community, text-based role-playing servers. Oh yeah, a lot to keep my mind on for fun, you know? But again, it doesn't diminish your thoughts or feelings on it. I guess I'm just offering another perspective, and I'll never try to cancel you over it. Oh, thank you, bro. Or anything, because it's not worth hurting and tearing someone down who isn't malicious with their words, and I can clearly see that. Anyways, I hope you guys are both doing well. Wishing you well and good health and fortune. Didn't even talk about my thoughts or how I care about more with the DC and Marvel. I'm, I'm sure you can save it for next time, bro. <laughs> but that's a story for another email in time. Anyways, see you guys along the podcast line. If you post more, if not, I'll be on the lookout for YouTube videos or something. Oh, and Jordan, always remember. Oh, <laughs> he listed the things I've, I've spoiled in the past. And the fact that this dates back to 2017, I'm like, I've been in this game too long. Wow. I, I spoiled Logan. I, I spoiled Logan for him back in 2017. That's crazy. <laughs> Five years. Damn. That long? <laughs> Sincerely. Yeah, word. I doesn't feel that long. Sincerely, Super Iron Halo. I mean, you said a lot of stuff, man, but the overall sentiment of feeling overwhelmed with media and just kind of giving up, that kind of goes back to what we were just saying about the, the powers that be wanting to do exactly that. Beat the energy out of you to the point where it's like, just say nothing. Just just consume product and get excited for next product. You don't have to think at all. Just just lay back and just turn off your brain and let the entertainment just wash over you and give us your money. Like, no, no. That is what they're turning us into. They're turning us into these consumer zombies. And it's that and it's that lowering of the bar consistently over everything and just inundating you with quality or quantity over quality over and over that's making everyone so complacent and okay with things being shit. Like... If we keep letting this slide happen in five, ten years, our VFX are going to be PS2 level in movies. And they're going to be like, eh, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's just entertainment. It's like, you got to keep, these people are making billions of dollars off of you. Literally. You've got to hold them to some kind of Literally. standard. And yeah, if it's not us, if it's not the fans, I don't, I, 
I'm glad that your your family likes it, Super Iron Halo. But I wouldn't give a fuck if my mom liked She-Hulk because it's not for her. <laughs> like, I don't want to live in a world where all these things are dumbed down to the lowest common denominator of non-fans. That's the thing. You can be accessible to everybody, but you, what you got to do to be a, a, a good piece of media is appeal to your fucking base. Your fan base. Literally. And if your, fan, if your, if your hardcore fans aren't happy, you're doing something wrong. That's how I feel about it. What about you? Oh no, 100%. It's like literally I feel like the way that like any form of like all media has been going lately, especially like the MCU, they've only been like catering to like one one third, one half of of the entire audience and not the fan base as a whole. And it's like it's alienating people. It's like kicking it's like kicking nerds out of their own fucking like social circles and like they're using that other half of the fan base against them weaponizing them to basically yes basically say say that oh no you're not a real fan or you suck as a fan you know it's like people who like literally it's like everyone loves to th- loves to throw around x y and z that you're x y and z and that you don't deserve to be in the social space basically it's like yo yeah 10 years ago people like you were making fun of people like them and th- all they had were their superheroes their comic books and every and everything their she hulks to indulge in and now yes. you have a product that you're that you're indulging in that you want to say like oh it's so fucking good, but it's like does it appeal to like everybody? Does everybody enjoy it? No, They're, like half the half the audience literally feels fucking alienated because of it. That's not fair. That's not right. And what you just said speaks volumes to this week's episode of She Hulk turning half the fans against the other half. It sickens me to see them put that sh- to put literal propaganda, literal gaslighting. In their series. It makes me more sick is to see it work. To see people on Twitter and Instagram repost that clip of, of oh, the Me Too movement. Now it's only female heroes. I don't want a female Hulk. Like, d- dissolve or, or belittling and diminishing the people that actually have problems with this show. And there's a billion problems with this show. But you're going to tell me the only reason you wouldn't like it is because you're sexist? That's what they're saying. They're dog whistling that the only reason you wouldn't like She-Hulk is because you have a problem with female heroes. Bullshit. And that's what is being regurgitated. But that's but that's what's being regurgitated. That's not only being told to you through the through the show itself now. Cause Star Wars just did this. I we didn't talk about the Obi-Wan stuff yet, but with the whole Reva controversy, they literally what they did outside of Obi-Wan Kenobi is what they did in, inside of She-Hulk. They they spun a whole narrative about look all the fans that don't like it are all racist. And now they're doing it so they're gaslighting so bad, they're putting it in the media itself. Telling you as you're watching it that if you don't like this, it's because you're sexist. And then all the sheep people go back online and then repost that. And they know they, they did this because of this. They knew what they were doing when they put it in the show. They repost that and then what do they say? Oh, look, all the misogynists are being called out in She-Hulk. If you don't like it, that's you. You're sexist. It's like, or the writing is shit. Literally. But They've got you all wound up now to be their little toy soldier and do the work for them. Again, no criticism. No crit. That's the message over and over again. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, sheep people. Uh, next email. Next email comes from Derek Gordon. And this one's simple and sweet. It just says, we love the Blur Vision podcast. And yes, we want more episodes. Thank you, Derek. You will have more. Next email comes from that Russell Simpson. Come back. Yeah, it's short and sweet. I said it's short <laughs> and sweet. <laughs> uh, Russell Simpson says, come back. 
I love listening to you guys. Please come back regularly. Every two weeks would probably be perfect to adjust for the gaps in streaming content. I'm down with oh, that. Okay, he gave us some leeway. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, even every other week, if we don't have yeah. anything to talk about, that's fine. Definitely. Yeah. I think we just gotta we just gotta get used to doing it regularly again. Yeah. Um next email, we've got two more. One's from Elliot Howard. Another little bit of a long one. The boys are back. Hey, Blurred Vision and Jeff. The boys are back Glad in town. Hear... The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Glad to hear you podcasting again. I enjoy hearing your guys' thoughts on She-Hulk, even though I haven't checked it out yet myself. I actually don't think I've seen any Marvel show since Hawkeye. Good. To be honest. Good. <laughs> you have no idea how much and many headaches you're saving yourself. <laughs> you've missed nothing of value <laughs> uh to be honest i was never exposed to she-hulk as a character outside of a outside of a few appearances i caught in the various marvel cartoons so aside from having an interest in the show when it was originally announced i had no skin in the game then when the clips started to seeing oh then when the clip started uh i started seeing from the show i grew less exhausted i grew less enthused about it overall Ultimately, I may check it out after the entire season is done, but I make no promises. As a person who enjoys a good story slash narrative above all else, I'm usually pretty open to different mediums and genres, and I'm hooked that the lore has a solid foundation. So I've seen my fair share of well-written characters, man, woman, or otherwise, and I can tell when the writing isn't good or the writers don't care about the story they're telling. This is especially true when it comes to adaptations. Disney Marvel has proven they don't care about the source material since back during Phase 1. Wow, you went back-back. But it was fine because they still went either way to a compelling narrative and at least respected the source material and their core audience to some degree okay that's fair i was i was gonna disagree with that statement until until i read the rest of it he's right because because we really think about it even phase one like and i praise marvel for this they didn't stay slavish to the source material they they would adapt things but they adapted things in the way that you should adapt things everything the best parts of the stories yeah everything was like very like the best parts of the stories Everything was like very like loosely adapted, you know, because it was like it wasn't all cookie cutter because it's like they didn't want to make things. I get that they didn't want to make things too predictable because like obviously mm-hmm. like comic book, comic book readers would know what's going to fucking happen and whatnot. But it's like I want I I don't know. That's the kind of storytelling that I personally wanted to see is like those comic book stories like being told on the big screen, you know, it's like to a certain point. Like he, here's here's what I want. Here, here's here's what I want in the next fucking ten hmm. years of Marvel. I'm okay. I'm literally on the edge of my seat waiting for them to do fucking X Men because I want to see X Men versus Avengers. That was like one of the biggest storylines in comic book history was the X Men versus the Avengers. And you remember from the animated series that the Avengers actually did make an appearance on the X Men, and the X Men did fight the Avengers at the time. That was like one of the biggest things in our childhood, and we had no idea at the time. I, I am so sure that's gonna happen. Yeah. By like like. What's phase six is the end of the things uh, is uh, the multiverse saga ending. I King, think so. Yeah, I Secret think. Wars yeah, because we're supposed to phase six. Yeah, right? Secret Wars. Yeah, Secret Wars is supposed to be the big thing. And literally, I'm like, I, I'm literally okay. just, I'm literally just waiting for them to do X Men at like any point because that's what I want. Well, that's yeah. that's 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 definitely going to be after that. Yeah. So it's going to be almost certainly Secret Wars is what's going to introduce the X Men proper, and then phase eight or something will be X Men versus Avengers. 
in like 2050 or some shit like that when we're old as fuck. Because here's, cause here's, <laughs> but, but, cause here's another thing. But what I was going to say is yeah. like, I don't want that though. Like I personally don't want one-to-one adaptations of the comics. Because like I said before, the best movies can always be better than the best comics. Namely because comics are old. This is what people don't talk about. And this is the thing that's going to kill the MCU. Comics are overly convoluted as fuck. There is so much shit in comics that are just extraneous to the story, weird, confusing. Example, Civil War the movie, way better than Civil War the comic. Really? For one reason, yes. I don't need a Goliath being killed by a clone of Thor. That's weird. That's a, that's a, or or Iron Man turning a bunch of villains into like like his brainwashed uh, recruited heroes. Like Bro. all that stuff. It all all that stuff it does is convolute the core of the story, which was Iron Man versus Cap. And I think the movies distilled that down into a much more emotionally resonant battle that I could get behind and root for more so than even the comics. Like the comics got so weird. There was nano machines and all this other shit. Like it's too much. Now too, it's okay. civil war. Here, keep here's it, what here, hero versus hero. Here's what I'm gonna say about civil war. Here's the one thing that I'm gonna say about civil war. Now, granted, your opinion is valid. However, I find it a missed opportunity that we couldn't have more characters and more heroes in that story. And I get why, because of budget constraints and having so many people on screen at the same time. But at the same time, there's here's one of the here's one of the little things. Here's one of the little mm. things that I specifically would yeah. have liked to see. So Punisher was actually involved in the original Civil War. We had Punisher in the MCU very, very recently. And basically what it came down to was dur- during the battle between the two, um, they actually, I forget who went to go, to go up to him. I can't remember if it was Cap or if it was Iron Man. I think it was Cap, but Cap, but Cap wanted to recruit Punisher. So no, actually, no, now I remember neither of them recruited Punisher because he was too fucking crazy. He was killed. Yeah. yeah. He's he killing people. Yeah. Are you talking about the, when Captain America confronted him and then he wouldn't fight him? Cause he was like, oh, you're, you're an American hero. Like I'm a, I'm a soldier. I'm never going to hit Captain America. Literally. He's beating the fuck out of him. That yeah. kind of shit. Is that what you meant? That kind of shit. Yeah. But also, I mean, but also he didn't take a side between Tony and Cap because apparently he was too fucking crazy, but it's a little shit like that, that like I would appreciate seeing it's like, Oh, there's, this is, this is legit there's a serious like there's a serious war going on between all these fucking heroes and it's like i want to see that like it wasn't big enough of a spectacle for me to see that in in civil war because you literally only had like small factions but you didn't have it was, I, wait 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 what it, it was the biggest on-screen battle of superheroes yet it like, wasn't you, big I enough mean, under- it wasn't big enough i I'll, I'll actually destroy your whole argument right here in game was bigger i wouldn't argue it's better but it, like bigger does not mean better like okay. just just having more shit on screen, more heroes fighting. Like what's what makes this shit impactful is the story and the characters. But if you start throwing in like a hundred characters, you don't have time for everybody. So it's like, I get what you're saying, but in terms of like adapting for a two two and a half hour movie, I feel like Civil War did it as good as you could do it. It was actually an emotionally resonant battle. But Bra- all I have to say is I just feel like, yeah, you know, you know, what I mean, I, I I get what you're saying though. Yeah. There, there are some things that I wish were more accurate. For example, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, that de- desperately needed to follow the comic book more. <laughs> but so there's a balance. But I, I do hear what you're saying. I, I, I get it. Um, let's see where where I leave off at. Uh, but now that we've gotten She-Hulk shitting on Bruce, 
and twerking in her office and outside of those things, there has been nothing about the actual plot that's caught my attention uh, to even want to watch She-Hulk at this point. I have no reason to care about this MCU version of her. Hell, I'm pretty sure Carol Danvers gave me more reasons to care. Yeah, she did, actually. To care about her movie and her place in the MCU. She, sadly, I agree with that. Damn. And she has dead... And she was deadpan the whole time. Facts. Uh, this was longer than I wanted it to be, so let me at least end it with a recommendation or two. Check out Futo Part 1, Futo P.I., and Miss Kurosu from the Monster Development Department. The first is an anime based off one Kamen Rider characters. Oh, cool. Ooh. Kamen Rider W. The second is an anime about Super Sentai, but from the perspective of the evil organization. Oh, I heard about that one. I want to read that. The perspective of the evil organization that functions like a normal corporation showcasing the logistical side of coming up with the monsters and fighting the hero. Oh, actually, no. It's not what I thought it was. But that still sounds cool. Once again, great to have you guys back. Thank you, Elliot. Thank and you, Elliot. last email. Yeah. Our last email comes from Poet to Cartist. Uh, Fight the power. Hey, Jordan. It was great to see you finally come back to the podcast after so long. Sadly, it was due to the state of the MCU and what's been going on. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, uh, like Ang when the, when the world needed him most, he disappeared. <laughs> nah, nah. But I believe nah, bro. Blurred can save the world. <laughs> you, you, you like, M, you like Eminem when he came back to do fucking a track called when he came back to do business. Let's get down to business. I'm gonna down to play around. Mm. What is this? Must be a circus in town. Let's shut the shit down. Let these clowns continue. <laughs> See, I can only hear let's get down to business and hear Mulan. Let's yeah, get down to business. This motherfucker. <laughs> I'm still salty. I'm still salty that they didn't put that that song in the Mulan film. I was like, they didn't put that song in the Mulan film? Nope. Nope. Uh, Automatic deal breaker. Nope. I don't care. Speak, speak, I don't care. The- speaking of speaking of feminist agendas, anyway. Let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. That shit was like Mulan is the epitome of the feminist agenda fucking up good character development because you took you literally had the template of Mulan the animated series or animated show or animated movie and you pulled out all the things that made her relatable and likable and left her as this bland shell that's basically a super saiyan and in a feminist mind that's empowerment fuck you Mulan the animated movie was empowerment not that bullshit but anyway uh, sadly, Ming, it was due to Ming Na all day. On. Oh fuck yeah, Ming Na. All uh, day. you said you, <laughs> you said you needed emails to justify returning, and that's why I'm writing. I think it's good that you're voicing your opinions about what's going on, and that's your right. I think some of your points about She-Hulk are on point, and it's sad that if the masses force an idea to be fact, that they destroy you if you are contrary to it. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> and it's ironic because it'd be the people that are the most vocal about empathy and support and togetherness and all that bullshit. But say an opinion they don't like, you got to go. You're trash. You're a, you're a toxic man. <laughs> You've got a straight agenda. Hmm. Uh, I think some of your points about She-Hulk are on point. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just letting you know that if you continue to record, I'll be listening and adding to your views. You have your own platform, so why not feel free to voice your opinions? That's what everyone does who's against you. I just say don't become overly critical of the mistakes that the MCU and other big companies make it uh, that other, other big companies make. But overall, I'm behind you, man, on this crusade. Glad to have you part of this war, poet. This is a, a battle that I think is it's not man versus woman. It is fan versus activist. That's what people got to understand. I'm not against obviously I'm not against representation. I'm not against women. I'm not against gay people. Like, I'm for representation, but I'm, but first and foremost, I'm for good storytelling. 
Yes. Representation cannot be the, the priority. Otherwise, you get shit stories, which which fundamentally defeats the entire purpose of having representation in the first place. <laughs> I don't want bad representation, Jeff. No. And on that no. note, let's talk about this week's uh, premiere. The Rings of Power. My brother gave his life hunting the enemy. His task is now mine. Speak your truth. You're Stand with me. Ours was no chance meeting. Not fate. Nor destiny. Ours was the work of something greater. Each of us, every one, must decide who we shall be. One ring to win them all. One ring to find One ring to win them all. And in the darkness, bind them. Bind them! <laughs> so, all right. So we we gave a little bit of preface before about our, our Lord of the Rings love. Um, and for those that don't know our rating system here on Blurred Vision, I would drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle, there's passable, and then you have less than passable and more than passable. Thank you, Catchpot. Thank you, Catchpot. Uh, let's give our yeah. Let's give our non-spoilery thoughts for the first two episodes. Just general uh, synopsis general thoughts and then we'll jump into spoilers um this has been a series that has been long long anticipated yes in both directions positively and negatively it feels like forever Um, that people have been talking about a lord of the reading series like finally coming like you know onto your television sets like i feel like that's been talked about for forever and it's like they finally like have gone and done it it's like finally it's like a finally it's like finally we're here um what made it, they made a huge deal because Amazon spent like broke all the banks to basically afford the rights to this. It's the most expensive show of all time, literally. Wow. Um, so it's kind of a thing where they can't fail. Like Got that it's Bezos literally, money. Like, literally they they no literally they've come out and said that this show cannot fail or Amazon will fail. They they spent that much money on it, Jesus. or at least Amazon Prime, the video service. Yeah. yeah. So on, on that note, it makes you wonder all the early reviews that were coming out from uh, influencers. And we all know how honest influencers are when they're treated to uh, lavish uh, dinners and taken out, flown across the world to New Zealand and shown sets and behind the scenes. <laughs> get a, 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 a two, yeah, a, a two hour cinematic premiere with gift baggies. And you know, their opinions are going to be super honest, Jeff. There's no way it's going to be biased. <laughs> opinions aren't bought at all. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> exactly. But we're going to be fair because we don't have a huge stake in the game. Like I said, I'm not one of those hardcore Lord of the Rings fans that's going to get nitpicky about like, oh, well, Elrond shouldn't be alive in this time period in the second age because da 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 or Sauron shouldn't be here because da 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 I don't I don't care about any of that. If you tell a good story, 
I, I'm fine. That's all I want. It's a good story. And I think Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy, is a great example and a great benchmark of what a great story is. Because I, before Lord of the Rings original, I wasn't a huge fantasy guy. That That's literally what my gateway into fantasy. Um, and I tried reading the books, and I couldn't because it's too many words. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious what you think about the series. I'll, I'll let you start with your general thoughts. You know what? Um... So I was looking, I was really looking forward to this series. I, I don't know if I went in with expectations or if I didn't go in with expectations, I was just like, I was ready for anything. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I saw these two episodes and it's like, you're go. you're supposed to be, we're supposed to be going back to middle earth. And I know that this is supposed to be a prequel and it's supposed to take like centuries, like I think centuries, like, I don't know how long the gap is between thousands, thousands, I think thousands of years, thousands. Okay. So, so thousands of years before the events of even the Hobbit. So that's a lot, that's a lot of, uh, of, of story to cover and a lot of ground. So it's like, I get that this is like an entirely different age before the age that we've seen, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, it's going into like unfamiliar territory. And there's like, there's only so many things that like, that feel like it's connected to the rest of the Lord of the Rings story, along with the Hobbit and mm. uh, with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like Galandriel, one of the only like connecting points. Um, Galadriel. Galandriel. And Elrond. And, El- and Elrond. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, I- I'm going to sound really fucking stupid because I've lost track of all these characters. Is Elrond supposed to be uh... Hugo Weaving? Oh my God, I knew it. I didn't realize that till just now. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Oh my god, I'm so fucking stupid. That's how that goes to show how much I pay attention. I was like, I knew it. I was like, I was wondering if that was supposed to be him, and I totally fucking forgot. I was like, no shit. So anyway, so yes, yeah. So yes, okay. So he, he, so he grows up to be Agent Smith somehow. Wow, wow. Okay. So yeah, but basically you get what I'm saying. And then it's like we there's hobbits. I think they're hobbits. They're some kind of they're 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 Harfoots, which huh. are technically hobbits, but the show is trying to make it seem like they're like the ancestors of hobbits. Right. I, I only know this from other reviewers being like, Oh, hobbits don't exist in the second age. So I was like, Alright, well, they are. So <laughs> they're basically hobbits. Yeah, but but yeah, there are things that are like they they're nuanced, I guess I should say, to the Lord of the Rings. So it's like it's hard to get emotionally invested in this story because there's not really a lot of familiar mm. characters that you know. There's familiar elements and like there's like there's there's certain beats in it, but it's like I don't know. I like I watched these two episodes and you and you think I'd be I'd have some satisfaction, but it's like I was just very underwhelmed by the Rings of Power so far, and it's oh, like wow. yeah, it's just I don't I don't I don't know what it is because and you like Hobbit, <laughs> I do I do I do. It's like I don't know. I feel like I don't want to say pacing because like everyone complains about pacing, but it's like I feel like mm. it, they, they, it did feel like there was just like periods where like it was like very slow, and then it's like all of a sudden you get a little bit of action, and then it's slow again, and then action, and then the action picks up again. But I don't know. I just feel like it dra- it draws out a little too much, and then at the same time, it's like I feel like they're all over the place with the storytelling because they're trying to tell so many stories at the mm. same time. Like they're telling this story over here and that story yeah. over there, and I. It just- you know what's ironic? Mm. They're they're doing a Game of Thrones while Game of Thrones is not doing a Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like like that was the Game of Thrones thing, like jumping around different locations. But House yeah. of the Dragon is pretty much one location, so it's just interesting that they're trying to do a Game yeah. of Thrones while Game of yeah, Thrones it's- is out, not doing Game of Thrones. <laughs> literally it's weird 
So, but yeah, it goes to show uh, the different styles of storytelling between the two. Because if you were to compare Rings of Power to like the first two episodes of Game of Thrones, like which one would you prefer? Uh, uh, wait, Rings of Power's first two episodes versus Game of Thrones' first two episodes? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Original Game of Thrones? Yes, first season Game of Thrones, if you had to make a choice. I mean... I would I would choose Game of Thrones easily. Exactly. <laughs> that's the point. Exactly. Exactly. That's my that's my yeah. point. That's my whole fucking point. But yeah, it's like I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much from like the first two episodes, but it's like I don't I don't know. I just I'm a little I'm a little underwhelmed. Um mm. and I feel like I don't know. I feel like there's more room to grow, but I'm not writing it off just yet. Okay. Uh what would you rate it? If I had to rate it, I would definitely say uh it's passable. I give it a, I give it a passable. Okay, I'm actually I'm I'm around where you are, maybe passable to low to uh, less than passable. Yeah. I I'm going to well, let me give my thoughts out first, then yeah. maybe by the end of my synopsis I'll have a rating. <laughs> Indulge them. Um, Indulge the audience in your thoughts. Yeah, number 1, I fell asleep twice trying to watch the first episode. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> It put put the man to sleep. That's how fucking boring it was, unfortunately. Well, well, when you say things like pacing, I think my issue... Well, number one, I'll give it the the bonus or, like, the the positive rating of it's beautiful. Like, if if nothing else, I see that the money went to... Visually, it is beautiful. The landscapes. Yeah, New Zealand looking beautiful. The cinematography looks good. Also, also, the return of practical effects on the orcs. I was very happy with that, I should say. Yes. As a Lord of the Rings fan, I am very happy that they went back and decided to do practical effects with the orcs and everything. That's that's an automatic win in my book. Yeah, much better than The Hobbit, which was CG. So it's even better than The Hobbit in that regard. Yeah. Um, but where it fell apart for me, and it fell apart really quickly, as you can tell from me falling asleep in the first 20 minutes, um, it's the, like you said, it, it is the pacing, mm. but it's the pacing in such that it doesn't hook you with anything. No. Like, especially if, if you're not a Lord of the Rings fan at all, like if you haven't seen the original trilogy, yeah. I don't know what you're grabbing onto in this. Cause like right now, all you kind of have is like the vague assumption that Galadriel is right about Sauron returning. And it's like, he's kind of in the background, but he's not really like a, a major player at all. He's not really felt in every scene. So the boredom you feel, I think is because there's no, and this is what I think uh, old MCU used to fuck up with too. There's no hook with a villain. There's no compelling like draw. There's nothing that you go, go like, oh, I got to know what happens next week. Like, by the end of the first episode, I'm like, okay, why am I tuning into episode two? Like, I have no real incentive to. I have no drive to because nothing in the story is is hooking me. It's making no. me feel like, oh, my, I got I to know what's going to happen next. No, and a lot no, of that goes, not at all. And it's the... Yeah, so it's a, it's a lack of, like, a strong internal story structure, number one. And a lot of that's the hopping around without any real aim like there's no like through line yet other than like no. oh things are the the evil's returning i guess but it's so generic and vague that it's like it doesn't feel like anything substantial not at all um nothing and feels the ca- connected and the character yeah i can see how they're connecting just in terms of like that general uh uh you know the the, the general idea that there is evil returning back to the world 
yeah, so here and there you can see elements of like, oh, the orcs are attacking this village, and oh, there's darkness. Or Gal- Galadriel's having dark premonitions over here, and like you know, it's all connected, sorta. But it's nothing. Like when we get into spoilers, I could tell you exactly what the problem is in that yeah. in the very beginning opening ex- exposition. Yeah, it's so like there there are moments in the opening exposition that I'm like, yo, stop, pause, let's hear that story. I don't. We we skipped over a whole story. Like we could we could have a whole fucking series about something you glossed over in your opening exposition. <laughs> There's a villain behind Sauron that's like, wait, we didn't even see that guy. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you just gonna keep going? Okay, whatever. And the I, characters I, themselves I, don't have. I'm sorry. What I was gonna say. I I'm honestly um I wasn't sure what direction they were gonna gonna go in with Sauron because like I had honestly forgot if like oh wait is this the era that Sauron's actually supposed to be here and then Sauron came on the screen and I was like oh shit it's Sauron he's here but he's only here for one fucking well, me too one, but I thought it was second. gonna yeah he was like not very... yeah one scene but I thought it was yeah. gonna be about the other guy yeah the guy that they mention but never even show I'm like what the fuck why would you even mention that guy then if he's not even part of the story and you're just gonna gloss over it but anyway. It's also the characters. There, are, there's nothing, especially Galadriel, the main character. She's got no. She is every problem we just talked about with modern day strong female characters. She's got no personality. She's got she's got one characteristic, which is her thirst and drive for revenge, which incidentally makes her a complete douchebag. Like she's not likable. It's like it's, it's almost like people that feminists that think they know how to make strong women can only make unlikable characters. They, they think what makes someone strong is their lack of smiling, their, their, their selfishness, their, their lack of consideration for others. It's Again, it's so weird to me that a feminist thinks a strong woman is just a woman with toxic masculine traits. That's all she is. She's just, she's just the worst type of like brooding man. I'm like, but you've got nothing that's likable about you. And you're the, you're the main character. I'm supposed to be watching this for you. So for me, my favorite character is actually Elrond. And even he, I'm like, I, other than you're kind of Gladriel's bitch and I know you because you're Hugo Weaving in the future. Other than that, I've got no connection to that guy. And yet he has to be my favorite character by default. Yeah. That tells you something. <laughs> I was um, I was going to say, I definitely enjoyed um the El- Elrond in episode two. Um specific speci- yeah. specifically you, you know what i'm talking about but we'll get into that when we get into spoilers because i you know how i am usually i'll like start talking about shit and like i will talk about spoilers immediately before we even get into them yeah i got you yeah. um I, i'm wrapping up now because the other only thing i really want to touch on is the action there are a few action scenes yeah and so far i think the only one of note is one that was so ridiculous and and poorly done that it I understand now because I, I I remember when people like were watching the early screenings, some people complained about what they call like video game fight style, and I was like, what does that even mean? Like I, something that felt weightless. The first I felt like that it did like like a poorly executed fight scene. Right. And I was like, what does that mean? And then I saw the the ice troll fight in episode one. I'm like, ah, that's what they meant. And and right there, it was like, oh man. There's this is what the series is gonna be, isn't it? It's gonna be strong woman on a mission. Nothing can stop her. She's got no weaknesses. I'm like, we're here already. We're already here with the overt like like uh, agenda based messaging. And I'm like, eh, maybe maybe I'm looking too deep. 
And then they, they introduced the black elf. And I'm like, even I know that Tolkien's elves have a certain... <laughs> I say that, people are like, white? They have to be white? No. They have a certain, like, presence about them. Right. The, the elves in Lord of the Rings literally felt more than human. They they had like a like an aura about them almost. Some of them literally, like yeah. the Gladriel in the first movie, literally had an aura when she showed up. But in this, it's like to make everyone inclusive, to make elves and and to to make Tolkien's world more like our world. You could tell they're like, we gotta get some black elves in this, and that'd be fine if they at least still carried over the sensibilities of the elves from. Tolkien's lore like mm-hmm. why does he have a short buzz cut number one he doesn't look like an elf from Lord of the Rings and that's a, a, that's a problem with a lot of the characters in this even the the black female dwarf Issa or whatever yeah they don't she doesn't feel like a dwarf he doesn't feel like an elf like the when I look at it like in screenshots even it doesn't have the same feel as the original Lord of the Rings and I think it's because of choices like that they could have given that guy long hair just give him long hair what's Make him look more like an elf, like that described in, in Lord of the Rings. Like you know what I mean? What's no, wrong with that? No, give honest- him long braids, long dreads, even. Yeah, that'd be cool. No, honestly, it's like. But my issue is, but my issue, but my issue would be even more than that is, the first like it. I'm trying not to look deep and see a message, mm-hmm. but when it's so fucking blatant, it slaps me in the face. I must just not talk about it because now I know that's why you're doing it. You only did this for this moment. So what's the first fucking line? That you, you hear come out of the, a guy's mouth toward the black elf. <laughs> like, come on, bro. It's it's fucking... I, oh, I, wrote, well, I wrote it down because it was so atrocious. When will you people let the past oh, go? I'm like... Oh, that's right. Bro. Dude, I, I bro, fucking... I clearly... Remember, I rem- I remembered that, and I and I literally thought to myself, like, I'm like, yo, what is with the blatant racism towards the elves in this series? I'm like, what the fuck did the elves do to you guys? Like, who hurts you? Like, everyone just hates the elves, and it's like elves can't be trusted. They're like, they're, they're, they're literally, it's just there's just, there's blatant discrimination going on in this series towards the elves, but at the same time, I see the opposite. Well, it's, it's both ways. It's both yeah. ways. Yeah, it's both ways. The elves are also kind of racist to the humans. And I'm like, was racism a part of the original Lord of the Rings, or is this the modern day shit coming into this story? I mean, because I'm like, they're racist both ways. Like the the elves are racist against humans, and even like the way they talk about it, it's like the phrasing was there are some good ones. As like, it sounds like a like a like something I would hear on Twitter. There's some good there's some good Trump supporters. Like you know that's what it sounds like. I'm like, oh, I can I can feel the activism just below the surface it's not i wouldn't even say it's as bad as she hulk but it's still there and like when i was talking to you about it uh before the podcast i mentioned like you know not everything is heavy-handed to the point where it's slapping in the face like she hulk but this trend has been here for years and people are only now pushing against it because it's becoming so fucking obvious so this is a case where like Maybe to some people it's not obvious, but to me as a black person, that that fucking why don't you people get over the past thing? That is like such like that is so fucking blatant. And I'm like, come on, man! Like at least be smarter about it. And there's a lot of dialogue in this even that feels so overly convoluted. Like they're trying to sound smarter than they are, and it makes that that also is a barrier to even liking the characters because it's like you have to like listen real hard, trying to understand what they're saying to understand the, the scene. 
and it's like it's just one more layer that I have to get through to actually find these characters relatable and likable. And if I can't connect with the characters, I, I'm not feeling the story. I'm not hooked by the story. And the action is just okay. Other than just looking pretty and having the name Lord of the Rings, it's not something that's going to keep me coming back. So all that being said, actually, I did convince myself. I'm going to give this less than passable. It, it, it could get better. But for me, I, I, I would have no reason to go. Passable, I think, is something that I would go like, eh, I might go back to it. But other than for like the podcast now, I would never watch another episode of this. I would just go watch House of the Dragon because it's a better version of a fantasy story. I don't I don't need this. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy that we have like two forms of like medieval media, <laughs> medieval media out, out there right mm-hmm. now. We got literally at the same time, we got a Game of Thrones story going on and we got uh, a Lord of the Rings story at the same time. And it's like, honestly, yeah, I find... I like House of the Dragon a little bit more, surprisingly, considering, you know, Game of Thrones came after Lord of the Rings. Um, but what I like I was, it a lot more. I'm not yeah. even a little bit more. Yeah. I, 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 I'm actually excited for the next episode of House of the Dragon. I don't give same, a fuck about the next episode of House same. of the Ring of Power. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I was going to say was is that you could literally make all those claims and you could talk about all those things about representation and everything and say that you have a problem with all of these uh these black these black characters and all the races because literally i feel like this is because literally i noticed it there's one black elf there's one black hobbit there's one black dwarf it's nope. literally like that's gotta be inclusive that's, that's, I, where are the mexican dwarves at huh huh where the where, where are the indian elves at huh huh <laughs> inclusive huh <laughs> but and it's like i don't want to be that i guy, hate that the, but, but, but i hate that the word inclusive just means black it's a like code it's like I don't want to be that guy, but it's like they all do kind of like feel out of place, like in the whole thing when I'm watching it. But the argument that people will always make with you, the argument that people will always make with you on stuff like that, is that it's fantasy. The fact that it's just the yep. fantasy genre, it shouldn't fucking matter if they're black or Asian or 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 whatever. And it's fine. It's like I get it. It's like you deserve to have your representation, but at the same time, it's just I don't like, get it. You don't. I get don't. It? No. I don't get it. That's a that's a straw man argument. That's the same argument as the force can be anything because it's fake. Like with that, lo- you know what that is though? That's the logic of a person. A f- the same person that uh, Super Ironhead was talking about, normies. Ah! A normie who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, a normie that doesn't give a fuck about this, like b- about fantasy, no. about uh, sci-fi. To them, it's all whatever. It could be anything. But those idiots, I'll call them idiots don't actually know how stories work because once you start everything has rules you write rules into every story magic the best magic has rules but once you start doing whatever the fuck you want once there are no rules the audience will check out because this is like what am i even watching this for if there's no i i can't there's no point of comparison there's no there's no way to understand what's happening without any set of rules being adhered to and it's like lord of the ring you could say that for a generic fantasy show in that, if it's a new show or a new series with a whole new lore, you could do whatever you want. You could make black elves, you could make Mexican dwarves, you do whatever the fuck you want. But when it comes to a pre-existing property, that world had rules, and I understand the hardcore Tolkien fan that's like, there are no black elves, and they're not being racist about that. They're just like, no, that's not how Tolkien wrote elves, and that's fair. That, but you know what's fucking really makes me mad? The people that will defend that shit be like, oh, it could be anything. Tell them put a white per make make the next king of Wakanda white. Ah! Nope, nope. They, they would not agree no. to that. They, Hell no. They would. Why? They would Wakanda's go and riot. not real. Everyone would but, fucking oh, riot. But 
No, it the is rules not. Only it is apply the same, it is the same they, thing. It's yeah, the same I, fucking thing. Exactly. The, the rules only apply when they want it to. Literally. When it's, when it, when it's convenient for their argument. Here's because the, you can even make the argument there of like, oh, well, Wakanda is African and the whole point is the black African has to be the king. Oh, what about South Africa? There are, there are white Africans in South Africa. Yup. Why can't a South African become new king of Wakanda? Huh? Oh, because it's not about that. What it's really about is your fucking narcissism. It's about you just wanting to see yourself. And really, we don't talk about this part. A lot of people that act like that, they have a low level of animosity towards a certain type of person. If it's a woman, they might hate men. If it's a black guy, they might hate white men. There were people in this podcast once upon a time that straight up hated white people and would say it outright and didn't give a fuck about it. Never got called out for it though because a black person just has the ability to be racist and never say, never be called out for it. But that's wrong. That That is never going to get us to fucking inequality. So when it comes to fantasy, yeah, Tolkien's elves aren't black. And that's that's okay. And it... You can just make a new story with black African-American elves if you wanted to. Because in this world, it makes no sense that... So when you really think about it, what does that mean? Is there an Africa in elf land? No. Where are they coming from? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, the, you scratch it's your like, head. It, it makes one of those things that makes you scratch your head. Yeah, and they'll, they'll always find a way to make it make sense. Like, I, I saw, like, there was a show called Viking where they made a... They turned a historically white man Viking into a black female. And justified that. And was like, no, no, exactly, bro. Your face is exact, bro. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, and y'all still talking like this is okay? Like this is not doing the exact same thing you talked about with whitewashing back in the day? This is the exact same thing, but in reverse. But now we're going to act like, no, but because we're punching up, it's okay. No, man. I want equality. I don't want this fucking certain people get certain privileges shit. That's how we got to the white power in the first place. <laughs> like, come on. Literally, it's like it's not, it's it's literally tit for tat at this point. That's what it is. But another thing that I was going to say when it comes to discrimination in the storytelling, and if it's like relevant to like what's going on now. So, like I said, I played Skyrim, and in Skyrim, um, yeah. So the main, so one of the one of the one of the main races in Skyrim are the Nords. The Nords are basically like all like the main like white Icelander Viking folk of the land, and they're yeah. they're basically like, oh, Skyrim belongs to the Nords, that type of thing. So like they're very discriminatory against a lot of like the animal animalistic creatures in there, like the Argonians and the Khajiit. They don't let the Khajiit into the city walls because they're worried that they're gonna go and steal everything. So basically, it's discrimination. Not only that. But there yeah. actually are, um, there's different types of elves in Skyrim. There's the High Elves, which are basically like the equivalent of our High Elves in Lord of the Rings. And the High Elves in Skyrim, they think very highly of themselves. They think themselves to be a perfect race. And like, ba and basically, they, they, they're, there is a hierarchy in there who basically like, they're trying to abolish uh, like a certain type of religion where the Nords worship a man who became a god. So that was outlawed. It was outlawed because no, he wasn't a god. He was a man. And we say this because we're the high elves and we're better than you and that type of thing. So yeah. So when I listen to that logic coming from that and going into this, the, discrim the discrimination in the story, it doesn't really like seem too far fetched for me. You get what I'm saying? No, no, I get you. You can tell discrimination, like, but that's the beauty of fantasy is that yeah. you can tell, like, like when people argue that everything's always been political, yeah. to some extent, that's true. Like, you can take those, and that's what makes stories compelling. You can take elements of our world and extrapolate them in, in theme 
in fantasy stories. The problem is a lot of these people are creatively bankrupt and they don't know how to masterfully weave that story in and make it compelling versus they just beat you over the head with the fucking theme until you're like, oh, you get the right race is bad, right? You get it, right? Right? Interracial couples, right? You get it, right? You get it. It's like, bro, I got it. <laughs> like, there's, there's, a, there's a deft hand that has to go into making these things. And unfortunately, the activists, they don't understand subtlety. So, I, but right now, I wouldn't even argue that the, the political messages in this are overbearing. The bigger issue for me right now in the series is it's not compelling. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, you know what? Everything else is just like the cherry on top. <laughs> like, so you you fell asleep during Rings of Power. Me, I honestly just had a yeah. hard time like paying attention because literally I'm pausing every ten fucking minutes because I have to go and fucking do something, and this it just hasn't caught my attention at all. Hmm. It it's just because because no every story they would jump to. You never got real characterization that was likable and relatable from anybody. Like El again, Elrond's probably the closest, but maybe the Dwarf King a little bit. I like in the second I episode. Like, I like the Dwarf bit. King. I like the Dwarf King because uh, they're good. At, and it's it's but it's not even the story that's doing it. It's their acting. Yeah, their acting is making me like them. I love it. So it's not. I can't even give it to the. Yeah, I can't even give it to the story to yeah. be like that's why I like them. It's like no, it's like their natural charisma. Yeah. is why I'm drawn to those characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and speaking of charisma, I want to talk about the beginning of episode one and that overly long exposition. That literally, like, there was a point where when they got to the point where Galadriel's talking about her brother that was killed in the Great War, I'm like, freeze the story. Let's jump into that part of it and learn about that battle, that war, that villain Morgoth or whatever. But they keep going, they gloss over the entire war. Like, oh, yeah, the war happened and Morgoth lost, and now Sauron's risen. Like, wait, what? We skipped over the entire, like, the interesting part of your exposition. Like, and now we've jumped to. That, the guy we were talking about, he's dead now, but he's got a new guy. Who's the new guy? Eh, we'll get into it later. Like, what? So it, like, it skimmed past all the things that I thought were compelling to jump to a part of the story where we're just, now we're on the mission of Galadriel's got to avenge her brother from a guy we've never met in a war we've never seen. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. And then the first thing, the first characterizations you get from her Aside from the weird flashback where she's a kid, like it's, you know why I didn't like that beginning flashback? Huh? Because I I said even then it was like the that was like oh yeah feminism little boy is gonna try and fuck up her she, a little boy is gonna prevent her from shining so then she's gonna beat up the little boy that's such like a covert feminism feminism message but more more of an issue than that was just how nonsensical it was this is supposed to be. In a time before the first sunrise, it's that early in history, like the Garden of Eden level of like early in history. And there's already assholes and bullies? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are you, why are you, for no reason, it's like, why are you even doing that? There, was, there wasn't even a justifiable reason. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they're assholes. What? Oh, okay. All right. And then she gets told that overly convoluted story about like the boat. What, how do you know a, a, a boat's, why does a boat float and why does a stone sink? And like, oh, it's because the lights, they always, the boat looks up while the stone looks down. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that was, it was such a weird dialogue between those two characters you didn't even really know yet. And it felt like it was trying to be deep. And for that to be like the callback at the end, did that resonate with you at all? I, I felt nothing. I was like, this is what that 
speeches forward to, to not jump into the light going to the elf world that that's what that was about like what what was i was the... gonna so i was gonna say that that threw me off too that that whole that whole light into uh into into the unknown i think um i think that was the same well, that, that, that was them going back to their home world right that was like what what frodo and them did at the end of that's what Rings. i was about to say i was like i think that's what that was supposed to be was that inter that interdimension that frodo and uh gandalf went through at the end of the trilogy so yeah i um that was the only connection that i, that I was no no to make. but uh, yeah i knew that that was the point of that yeah. but i mean why did she like they made this huge moment where like, the music was playing she's thinking back to her her brother telling her that whole story about the boat and shit and she's like i have to make the choice to stay it just felt like it was overly grandiose for a choice i one i knew it was going to happen i knew she wasn't going to leave so it wasn't like they me, have the audience gone, like, oh my god they have I, gone. I had i didn't see this coming it's like okay no, honestly, I saw it say? coming because it's like I was trying to say they've gone to the lengths of basically making Galandriel like defiant as fuck. It's like she gives no fucks. It's like she 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 does what she wants. It's like, oh, you want me to go home? No, I'm gonna jump off this ship and I'm gonna fucking swim my ass back to shore. The despite everything, that was so or dumb. Or it's like, oh, that was you, so dumb. Or it's like, oh, you don't want to continue further to like stop the orc menace for who killed my who killed my brother? Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna stop because freaking you're gonna get us all fucking killed before we're like before we're like literally by the time we get back home. So it's like literally they've gone and made her so defiant and and un- unlikable and stand off and stand offish it's like like i get it you you're you're bit you're going off of revenge and you want to like avenge your brother but at the same time it's like is it like is it justified to your people it's like are you doing it for yourself or are you doing like that's what she's I, doing it for herself literally she's super like she, that's what i'm like yeah. do, do feminists not understand how to make likable characters yeah because she's super selfish and we've seen that over and over again with these strong female characters. It's like they don't know how to make them strong without making them toxic. Again, like they exemplify all the qualities of toxic masculinity. And then, like, cause she she yeah. is she is unlike she's like she's so mean to everybody. She's so rude. Even the the human guy trying to help her in the second episode, she's talking to him like, "Ugh, just tell me what I need." No, I'm like, "Yo, just just relax, <laughs> just relax a little bit." And it's like, if she wasn't the main character. You could get away with that and be like, oh, that's just like the asshole brute that's going to turn around at the end. And eventually she's going to he or she's going to like, you know, soften up and and learn to be a team player. But because she's the main character, it's like I have no point of entry for your series. She's a bitch. I don't want to be around her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) It's like, nah, yo, straight up. If like if I was with that company and I and we were literally had just fought off a snow troll. And freaking like this, this chick is trying to fucking like have us go off into the unknown and possibly like not even be able to get back home. I would have put my sword down too. I would have. I'd be like, no, you want you you want to go off and get yourself oh. killed? Go by yourself. Seriously, because we're that, done with that, this stuff. That whole that whole ice cave ice troll intro was like the how to like it was like it's like you could make a tutorial of like how to make your character unlikable in one scene, <laughs> like. Because not only is she that defiant to one of her subordinates, who seemed pretty like, he he seemed like he was nice. He didn't seem like he an was asshole. reasonable. He, like a, hey, he was fucking hey, reasonable. Reasonable, exactly. He was like, hey, like we've been doing this for this long, and like we're only doing this because of of your 
cra- of course she's gonna be justified because the plot yeah but to everyone else it's like yo you you're going so hard for your brother to the point where you don't give a fuck that your own men are dying and being killed Literally. so then she turns around and her men are dying and being killed and then she they're like oh we'll make her a badass by having her effortlessly kill this cave troll that was some like, god of war stupid. shit that was some fucking god of war it shit. looked there might as well have been a QTE sequence that popped up. <laughs> it was like, press triangle, square. <laughs> like, but but having Literally. her do it, but having her do it in such a casual, non-caring way, it communicates to the audience like, oh, she's not in any danger at all. No. So if she can go into a fight like this, if if she goes to a fight in the next episodes and she has, she struggles. It's going to be confusing because she was so overwhelmingly badass in this scene that it was effortless to kill that cave troll. Meanwhile, we've seen, even with Legolas, how hard it is to kill a single single troll in the first yep. Lord of the Rings movie. And a wizard with them. Yep. And a fucking ranger. <laughs> yep. But one chick effortlessly kills that troll. Okay, fine. Oh, but then what happens shit. in the... But then what happens in the very next scene? That They all want to leave. And it's like, yeah, because first of all, why do you even have a whole platoon with you when you clearly don't even need them? Why are they there just to die? And then you don't even care if they died. You're like, all right, let's keep moving. It's like, you're a non-caring bitch. How can you be this way? <laughs> and, it, and again, just like She-Hulk, that's not going to be the moral because they haven't set it up in a way that's like, uh, no, she really is like on a on a path of just straight revenge and she's destroying people around her and she doesn't really care. No, I think what's going to happen is, just like with She-Hulk, the story is going to justify her actions and they're going to be like, well, Sauron is back. So she wasn't wrong. So all of her bullshit, really mean actions, that's all justified now. It's just the thing with these agenda-based stories that they don't actually recognize what character flaws are. That's why they don't give their characters flaws, and that's why they don't actually have them learn the lessons they're, you know, a human would learn. <laughs> like a, a rational, reasonable human being would have to learn, you know, to be a decent person. No, her her lesson was just like, oh well, if only men were more supportive of her then she would have had all the 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 resources she needed to stop the evil before it became this bad in the first place My that's gonna ass. be the message not that i bet money i will, I will bet money on it <laughs> but yeah how do you how do you feel about her over the first two episodes in general honestly i just feel like she needs to on, on. <laughs> she's very fru- <laughs> she's very frustrating and it's like Literally, it's like, like I get it. You gotta, you gotta chip on your shoulder when it comes to your brother. But at the same time, your brother wouldn't want you like sacrificing your men for your own freaking agenda. And it's like, she. That's the thing. She. That's the same thing with She Hulk. They all need to learn how to listen. They all need to learn how to stop mm. and listen to what people are trying <laughs> to tell them. Because they're not just trying to talk down to them. They're not just trying to demean them. They're not just trying to order them around. There's, uh, like, there's a word for that, Jeff. It's called mansplaining. Don't mansplain to me. Shut up, Jordan. <laughs> but but you, get, but you see what? But you see yeah. the problem is though. Like yeah. they they've learned to twist language. Mm-hmm. So they made up words like mansplaining that deflects. Just like with with the media, it deflects all criticism. <laughs> it's like no, you can't tell me anything. It's mansplaining. It's like bro, come on. <laughs> like seriously, going? okay. Like off topic for a minute. I literally like someone. Uh, 
it's so stupid because it was on fucking TikTok, but it's like I literally like was explaining something to someone one time and then they want to be like, oh, I don't need you mansplaining to me. It's like, bitch, I was fucking explaining to you because I know the fucking deal. It's like, don't give me that bullshit. Seriously, so fucking petty. It's like, meanwhile, women women explain all the time. We just don't have a word for it because they didn't give it a word. <laughs> but yeah, so all right, what about like? Uh, let's just go through the characters because yeah. like the plots. I mean, the hobbits, whatever. The the what about Elrond? Yes, and his dwarf oh, okay. bestie. Yes, I was gonna say. Uh, yes, Elrond and uh, and I think his name is Draman, King Dr- King Lord Draman, something like that. Um, I do like, their, like that. yeah, I like their dynamic and I also like the fact that, um, there actually are consequences to not seeing your friends for 20 fucking years. You miss my fucking wedding, <laughs> you bastard. So I th- honestly, yeah. yeah, I think his actions are justified. I think, I think, uh, his reasoning was justified. It's like, you miss, you miss my birth. You miss my wedding. You miss my birthday. You miss the, bl- the, 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 the birth of my children, my two kids. I totally justified. <laughs> But then his wife's here, like. You know, but you know, wait, you know why I like that though is because the little bit of like world building they threw in there yeah. of like twenty years might be a blink to an elf, literally. But to me, it was like my whole life, literally. Like, oh, that's, it's like yeah, cool. like, it's a cool so story deep. Beat. Yeah, that was deep, yeah. man. It's like that's one of the reasons why I think it's passable because that's one of the things I genuinely did like about this series so far yeah. is like is that just even just that relationship. Um, but yeah, it also goes to show that it's like people can forget easily and it's like it goes to show that and some like a high elf can forget those types of things because they can like they live so long and it's like you you see it too when they're talking it's like oh 20 years is that all of it's been 20 years a lifetime to me you know that kind of thing yeah like we because we take things like that for granted in real life when we don't see a person for like four 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 <laughs> years and whatnot you know but like yeah yeah that, so real so that felt real to me um but yeah literally like he's just there like he's trying to be he's trying to like be mad at his friend and it's like he should be leaving but then his wife comes in undermines him on everything it's like you're staying for dinner no he's not he's leaving or 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 yeah. literally it's literally it's like basically she's trying to calm him down the entire time and just make him not so fucking bitter and he just wants him to work things out with his best friend which i can which i can understand you know but um yeah but i don't know it's like i don't know i would it it was that dynamic is probably my favorite part of the episode yeah literally 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 it very it very much was um and then getting but I don't I don't I don't feel like Deese is a, a dwarf. <laughs> she doesn't feel like a dwarf to me. It just feels like a like a black woman. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why is a black chick here? <laughs> there's dude, I'm sorry, there's no ignoring that fact. It really isn't. It's just like it feels it feels weird. It does. It feels weird. And I'm sorry if that if that bothers anybody who's listening to that. But it like they feel out of place. They really do. And it's like I know it's fantasy genre or whatever, but it's but it's like at the same time it's just Do you think like, do you think it's because they're black or do you think it's because of the costume design for her and the black elf? No, like if they gave honestly, her the costumes more are beautiful. beard or the something, and if that, they that gave they the, the black elf like long like, hair, well done do you think costumes. it would help? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know, because here's the thing, here's the thing that I remember about being told about dwarves when Gimli in, like, the first, one of the first two Lord of the Rings films, he would, <laughs> he would talk about yeah. how dwarven women apparently, like, are similar to the men, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two, but not only that... Because beards! <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, but not only that, it's like, when I think of dwarves, I do think of, like, Irishmen, and it's like... Those yeah. are, those are kind of synonymous with me. So, but see, that's the, that's that's why I feel like this inclusivity shit is bullshit to some degree. Because it's like, why? Just like with Wakanda, if we can have our black fantasy, 
why can't white, as weird as it sounds to say, why can't white people have their European fantasy? Literally. Like, you know what I mean? I don't. That's history. I don't mind. That's legit history. Yeah, and if you, and if you want black characters, just be like, there's like, like what's west or, or east of Middle Earth? Maybe there's a, a black continent of black people. Maybe a black character from that continent could come to this continent and there could be some story like that. But in, rather than just insert like, and now you're a black elf. I'm like, that's just confusing. Like it, and it, maybe on a, on a, on a subliminal level, it does break our immersion in the world. That's why we don't feel like yeah. they're actually elves and dwarves. Yeah, literally, literally. Like I hate, I, I don't like saying it like that, but it really does take me out of it a little bit when I'm, when I'm watching Racist, it. racist. Oh, black lives matter. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> On, like I, I will say this. I think that the Valerians in House of the Dragon are a lot more believable in that aspect. That we have. Oh, you mean uh, Cyr- Cyril, the 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 black guy with the white yes, hair? Yes. 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 Yeah. I. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Gen- I agree. Yeah. Genuinely, I do. Fi- I do find those characters to be a lot, a lot more believable, and they don't break my immersion of the entire story because we don't really hear a lot about the Valerians and Valerian Steel throughout the entirety of Game of Thrones. So it's like in that aspect, in that so, in in that subspace, it feels more realistic to me, and it doesn't, it doesn't break my immersion. It's same thing with Star Wars. There's so many things that like freaking, not even just like racial stuff, but there's a lot of things that take you out of the immersion. Like I'm watching the Book of Boba Fett, and I see a bunch of fucking kids on fucking <laughs> moped scooters, and that fucking took me out of it immediately because it feels fucking ridiculous. And now Star Wars Power Rangers is a fucking meme. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you feel about the the black elf storyline with the the farm girl who? Has a racist son. <laughs> that, that that whole thing. Okay, so I look at him like a wood elf. I don't think he's a high elf. I think he's a wood elf. That's the, like that's my only logical explanation for. I feel like you're making that up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you're pulling that from fantasy, but is that actually a Lord of the Rings concept? I don't think that is. I don't think it is. Honestly, I don't think Tolkien ever did wood elves. Like... Oh, oh, why is he? Why is he a wood elf? Because he got brown skin. Racist. Fucking racist. <laughs> Look at fucking wood elves and you tell me otherwise. But any- I mean, look, if they even gave it that excuse, I would actually be probably more okay with it. But <laughs> I think he's supposed to be an elf like everybody else. So I don't know, bro. Honestly- but in terms of his, his characterization with that, uh, clearly there's like an interracial relationship. Yeah, dynamic. I was going to say, cause it's like, it seems like he's a man of duty and he doesn't want to leave his station. Cause it's like, he's so, tied down to the area and it's like it's like his home almost but and apparent and clearly he has feelings for this woman that he has a relationship with um but yeah it's like i don't i don't know how to feel about it because it's like i'm still watching it well i mean i finished what am i saying i finished it i'm i i'm not i'm <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to feel bro you mean i don't know how to feel you mean the series isn't over yet no yes that's what i'm talking about that's what i mean yeah the series isn't Mm. over yet so i'm waiting to see like if this dude's gonna like wow me or do something spectacular like i want him to be as good as legolas honestly like that's what i'm hoping for but i'm waiting for him to literally i'm waiting for him to literally do something because i mean the fact that there's been two episodes and you haven't gotten a good impression of him yet is kind of the problem like you should if you're gonna establish a romance you gotta make me care and there was nothing between him and her, or even just him and his characterization that made me care about him or him and her together. So nah. it's like, on every level, I'm just looking at them like, I don't care. I mean, okay, if you get together, if you don't, whatever. I even I even thought that they were going to do a thing 
where the orc that's introduced in episode two, like the first orc that appears, when he attacks the the woman's house and the son and the mom are there, I thought he was going to kill at least one of them. And that would motivate some kind of like story between like if the mo- if the if the mother was killed, maybe then it'd be a pairing between him and the kid, and they, they bond over that. Even though the kid was kind of racist, now he's got to you know work with the the elf that liked his mom to avenge his mom. That would be interesting. Or if the kid dies, now the mom's got a good reason to go with the high elf guy, and then they they it will it will strengthen their bond and create a compelling story of like we got we gotta get vengeance for your son and stop this orc but what happens literally the least interesting possibility which is the the a, a woman who's as far as i know has never been in battle before killed an orc pretty easily like i was in an orc that was shown to like be so strong that if it hit you once you go flying across the room but yet defeated strong woman i'm like yo you can't even let this woman who's not even like a fucking warrior get fucked up by this orc are you serious so then like and you don't have to have her get fucked up i'm just saying like there would have been at least something compelling in the story to draw to make me interested Literally. but they didn't even do that no. they, they took the least interesting option so i'm just like all right well still not invested in this story <laughs> like, no what the fuck? no honestly like i'm literally like i didn't even think about it because i'm just watching it happen in front of me and i'm like I, I I was unfazed. I was sponge. I was just SpongeBob <laughs> when the Flying Dutchman comes out. I was so unfazed. I was just like, but, but that's what uh Super Eye on Halo said that the the powers that be want us to become though. That's that's what we're all. That's what they all want us to be. Just uh yeah, that's that's cool. I will, colors. It, it was. I like colors. <laughs> I did my brain. I couldn't even register. I'm not mad. I'm just I'm just saying it's. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you. It's. <laughs> But I feel like that that's where we're getting to in media. Yeah. Where everything's getting to that point where it's like, all right, well, I guess this is the bar now. Just just lie back and accept it. Because, <laughs> again, this is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This should have been a episode one we're hooked. Yes. You know what I mean? There's no, yeah. there's no reason why it shouldn't have been. It's Lord of the Rings. Like, you half the battle is done before you turn on the episode. Because it's Lord of the Rings. Like, you know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> Uh, what about the Hobbit storyline that was basically nothing until I'm assuming Gandalf shows up at the end of the first episode? Is it's oh, gotta be Gandalf, right? I, There's I so hope. many. I hope. Did, I did you wait. did you get that impression? I mean, is that is that is that supposed to be Gandalf? Is that who's supposed to be? Who else would it be? Who else would it I, be? I didn't think about it. I, I did not think about that because I was like, I saw the because I saw it and I'm like, wait, is this guy supposed to be a giant? Like, is that who he's supposed to be? I had no idea who who was supposed to be, and I was just like, who is this person? You know, because I had no idea, and I, I it didn't. Re- well, the idea is that the the wizards of Lord of the Rings come from a different world, and they they drop so many hints that I'm like, this is the worst mystery that was ever a mystery. If this is Gandalf, it's gotta be Gandalf. It, it would actually be a worse twist if it's not Gandalf. They made it that obvious. Because they talk about, where, where'd you come from? Are there others like you? Wh- both of those things are the wizards. When he first sees the little hobbit girl, and even that, it's like, Gandalf, friends of the Shire, maybe this is why, because he met the Harfoots first when he came to Earth. That's... When he turns around, and he does he does that, Ooh! that's the thing Gandalf did to uh, uh, Bilbo. I... In, the fir- in the beginning of... Lord of the Rings. I am. Fellowship. I am such a fool because I did not register in my yeah. brain that that was actually Gandalf. 
Oh man. He even did the thing where like when he turns over his shoulder like like, like that. Like, that was a exact Oh, you think me a yeah, sorcerer of cheap politics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's oh exactly what he did to the little Harford girl. I did, so I'm like, that did not register in my brain. Off. I was like, wow, that's, wow, okay, now I'm going to look, go watch it again, and I'm going to be like, wow, that's supposed to be Gandalf. I had no idea. But, I mean... So, okay, well, first question then, does that make it better or worse for you? Do you like it more now that you think it's Gandalf? I like it a little bit more now that I think it's Gandalf, actually, because it's like I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping that um the wizards were going to show up at some point but i didn't know they were going to do it like that so the fact that that's how they're introducing them that just blows my fucking mind thinking about it in in hindsight um but i was gonna say i i don't like how reckless the hobbit girl is nori it's like (laughs) she's once again we have a, a female a female a female main character she's defiant of her parents and it's like i get it kids are like that but at the same time it's like you literally almost like you you you, she's she's obviously a natural she's a natural leader obviously because she's like she's courting all of these little hobbit children into to go pick pick uh, blackberries and then literally when they're not supposed to be out there and it's a it's a it's a it's a common story trip i've seen like throughout like you know movies and film and whatnot but it's like this time it just felt like it felt like a little bit more like y'all shouldn't be doing that and it was it's kind of it's kind of frustrating to see because it's like literally there's there was an actual uh wolf that was putting them in danger and nori like trying to get trying to get the uh, bringing the kids out there and then immediately like going like nope we have to go back we have to go back now now when they shouldn't have even been out there in the first place that type of thing um but literally it's like I know kids are rebellious and they don't fucking listen, period, but it's like, I don't know. It's one of those character tricks about Nori that I don't like about her character is the fact that, like, once again, we have a female character who doesn't fucking listen. <laughs> uh, my issue with those characters is more just, like, it, it feels like tonal whiplash whenever we jump to them. Because it, it feels so... Un- Until Gandalf showed up, yeah. it felt so unrelated to everything else. Yeah. And it, it's, it's easily the least interesting... I... Between her, them and Galadriel, those are the least interesting parts of the story to me. Yeah. Um. But with, but with Gandalf, at least it, it feels like now there's a character I can recognize. But here's my question, and I, and I do like that it's that Gandalf is in this, just for the name recognition and knowing a character. But I, I just, I don't know if this is part of the actual Lord Lord of the Rings or not. But like, I just can't help but just see this fucking pattern that every classic legacy male character in every medium is broken down every single one men are all if you bring back a character that's beloved as a man from any past property he's got to be in this case he's like a a crazy hobo but he's got to be like disheveled he's got to be broken down he's got to be like on on his last leg of uh feeling defeated in his life he's got to be broken down or emasculated in some way and it's Literally. it's across the board, like it's everything. Yeah, it's so it's weird. Everything. But it's like it's not even that's weird. Yeah, it's not even. But it's not even that's weird anymore because it, it's happened so often that I'm like, how can people at this point still pretend it's not happening? It is. Like, how can you still see in, in everything from 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 Professor Hulk to Luke Skywalker to Gandalf now? Like you just just name a thing. 
if it's a man character, he's back and he's weaker and he's emasculated somehow. Literally. And I'm just like, why? Why? Why are they doing this? <laughs> like, like ser- no, no. It's seriously? like they, they don't want men to have any masculine role models. They don't want us to be. They level. don't want want us to be strong anymore. And like, I that's that's clearly part of the message is that men can't be strong anymore. And it's like I hate the hypocrite, the 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 hypocrisy of it. But then the way that these these writers are writing all the male characters, they're writing them to be intentionally weak, sidelining them, neutering them, and literally just watering them down and making them shells of their former selves. And it's very fucking apparent. I mean, even Elrond. Like, look at Hugo Weaving compared to this guy. Totally different vibe. Bruh. And then they also even, like, uh, knowing the context of what he was supposed to be like, apparently Elrond was supposed to be, like, what Galadriel is. He was supposed to be the warrior, and she was supposed to be the the politician, but they flipped it and made him, like, the effeminate (laughs) politician while she's such a warrior, she can't even put down her sword to go to paradise. Her vengeance is everything. (laughs) It's like, yo, all right. Cool, but it's just a coincidence, right? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> oh, on that note, uh, speaking about Galadriel, in the second episode, after she jumps off the boat, and which was so stupid, because it's like, wait, you're in the middle of the ocean. Am I supposed to believe that elves just have like unlimited stamina that they can swim from the middle Literally. of the ocean? Back Literally, to I don't give a fuck. What part of Middle-earth you are from, you are out in the middle of the fucking ocean with God knows what dwelling inside of it. How the fuck? That, how the, the fuck? plot armor. The plot armor. Because what? Because when she at first I was like, is she really going to swim all the way back to shore? Literally. That's some fucking plot armor. But then they were like, all right, no, no, that's ridiculous. There has to be some ocean life, right? So then they have like that big warm Leviathan thing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was this like, I was waiting for that. For I was waiting for that. But then, but then it wasn't. There was no struggle. It was just like plot armor, like protected her apparent. from everything. It was very like, apparent. She got off. She got, yeah. She got on the boat at right just the right time, and then off the boat at just the right time. Then to be saved by the guy at just the right time. Then, which I thought was funny when they're in that storm, and she's like, "Take my," because she has to be a strong one even then. Take my hand, and then like she automatically like instantly falls into the water, and then he has to save her. And it was like. Oh, well, at least they had a man save a woman real fast. But then you know it's just because there's definitely going to be some kind of, like, love interest thing there. That's the only reason. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm like, there's no. Yeah, but that, that whole sequence was just like, what, did, what was your plan? Was your Seriously. plan just to swim back to shore? That made Literally. no sense. Dude, like, I'm I'm like, yo, it's like, how, what, like that is such a half-ass plan, too. I'm like, you... you, you just jump off the boat like right then and there with like no no means to like get back to land it's like and no no real reason recklessness her own her own recklessness and selfishness and her hunch but like i what i thought was gonna happen was like as they were going into the light i thought maybe like sauron or or horgoth or whatever or morgoth whatever his name is like maybe they had already destroyed the elf world and like them going to the light, the light was going to turn red or something. And like, as they were going in, the elves that went to the light were destroyed instantly. And she had to jump off the ship to survive. Like that would have been like a, Oh shit. Oh, that's what it would make sense. Why should just do something so ridiculous? But there, nope. It was just, eh. <laughs> I remember my brother's wise words about a boat or something. So I'm, I'm gonna decide it, it, to jump off this to boat. To me, right to me, that was like the that was like the equivalent of when Luke Skywalker tosses his own lightsaber over his shoulder. That's the equivalent of that to me. 
<laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair Am enough. I wrong? Yeah, that's uh, a, that's what that is. What was there anything else you want to talk about in these episodes? I'm trying to think of any other important beats, but I'm just like it. It was a very meh premiere. The first two episodes, I I, I felt nothing by the end, and that's yeah. bad. The yeah. fact that I felt nothing for anybody, I I, I literally have no desire to watch episode. Episode three. No. Not None. at all. Not at all. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try for the podcast, yeah. but like But no. All right, well, I, on that note, yeah. Let's get into some fantasy that actually is better. Let's okay. talk about House of the Dragon. The Rogue Prince. The road ahead is uncertain. But the end is clear. Against him. Whomever may dare to challenge us. The threat of war looms. The gods have yet to make a man who lacks the patience for absolute power, Your Grace. I guess we just give a real quick synopsis and jump into spoilers. Like, what do you think of the episode? Good or bad? Um. Oh man. Like, I gotta remember it now because I was watching it a couple of days ago. But um, <laughs> I was gonna. I was, uh, I was... This is the second. This is uh, the episode where uh, Cyril is that what the black guy's name that the white hair? He's trying to sell off his daughter to the king. Oh yeah. Who's like a twelve year old little girl? That, was so and he, the, that poor king. No, no, <laughs> the poor dude. king has to no, decide dude. between F- a twelve-year-old and the a king, fifteen-year-old. If I was the king, <laughs> listen to me. If I was the fucking king, and y- I literally had the Valerian coming up to me to tell me like, "Oh, here's my here's my thirteen-year-old daughter. Marry her, marry her, and make her your queen." No, no, no. Twelve, not even thirteen. <laughs> no, bro. No, I'm not doing it. Fuck that. I would not do it. Like the fact. Like okay, I don't want to get no. You know what? I'm I'm wait. But no, I would not fucking do it. I was like, yo, the decision that he made, best decision he could have fucking made for himself. Like I'm sorry. Really? Literally. Literally. Oh man. All right. Well, what did you think of the episode? I I, give give a rating. So jump uh, into. It's a hard. It's a fine line between passable and more than passable. Just because, like, I don't know. I didn't have any. I didn't. That was literally like my only complaint about that episode was like that whole scenario with their daughter and the king. And I was just like, nope, nope. I don't feel comfortable mm. with this. I don't feel comfortable with this at all. And honestly, he should too. He should not. He should not be even considering this. And and shame. Different world, bro. Different world. Different time. No, I don't care. <laughs> I do not fucking care, bro. I do not fucking care. And Cyril should be ashamed of himself like he literally like made the biggest like political move just like yo king marry my 12 year old daughter and, and freaking have her bear your children at 14 dude no fuck that shit that is wrong i don't care what era it is but you know it's so you know wrong. you know why i like it you what? know why i like it though it's they what? didn't they didn't go out of their way to make the black guy like the super morally good guy like i was afraid that because he's like the the first predominant black character in game of thrones that they would like go out of their way to make him like a flawless hero you know like what they do with feminism <laughs> but they didn't they i mean you're a pretty fucked up guy when your first move is like hey fuck my 12 year old daughter <laughs> like what no because <laughs> no. it's one thing when he says it he's like yeah she's young but you know whatever no. but then when you in the next scene when you see her it's like bro, bro. what are you doing no and they do such a good job of making you endeared to the king 
Like you, it's it'd be so easy to make him like so sleazy. But yeah. even you can see it even in his face, he's like, I don't want this. No, <laughs> I don't want to do how this. How could you, like after losing your wife of like of like decades, like how could you yeah. want to do that to yourself? Like have some self respect. Fuck duty. But it's not about self respect. Fuck though. duty, so man. Good. It's. Oh fuck duty. God. Fuck duty. Well, fuck, fuck, fucking duty is how you die in Game of Thrones. So you be dead. <laughs> Day one in Game of Thrones world. <laughs> uh, but okay, so I'll give my rating then. Uh, I, I'll give it a more than passable, um, which I think was my same rating for last episode. So it's been pretty consistent, and yeah. it's because it's unlike Rings of Power. Every episode has fucking intrigue. Yeah. I'm already. I'm more passionate talking about the the possibility of the king marrying a 12 year old girl than i am about uh uh gladriel slaying an ice troll you know what i'm saying like there's just levels to this and it's 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 just the storytelling is better yeah you know what i think um i think i'm definitely gonna i think i'm gonna go with you on this i think i'm definitely gonna give it uh more than passable because i did i obviously i do enjoy house of dragon more than i'm enjoying rings of power um but I, I was gonna say I did like, um, I did like the dynamic that Matt Smith is a de- Matt Smith is a menace. He is a fucking menace. He is making he he is making the show. Yes, and I'm so happy for him. Yes, because he was great as the Eleventh Doctor, and he was trash in Morbius, and he was trash in Terminator. So I'm so happy that he got a role where he can not only chew the scenery, but he like in terms of how he looks, he's got like the perfect Targaryen face. Yes, and and his. His he's he plays like, like almost like Loki, like a Loki esque yes! villain. Yes. Yeah. He's not. A, he's not. He's not entirely bad. Like the like the moment where at the end of the episode to jump to the end where he's talking to Cyril about um possibly joining forces to, you know, do bad things. Yes. And Cyril makes a comment about the king being foolish, and he goes. Damon goes out of his way to be like, I can say what I want about my brother. You cannot. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I did not realize that you are still that much of a family man. Holy shit. Yeah. So he's got layers. Yeah. It's not even just that he's yes. like cartoonishly evil. He's just like No. Yeah, so I think that <laughs> that's what makes his character so absolutely. So absolutely. And you know what? I like the dynamic that he's having with his concubine. Um because like <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, I think I um it makes it I, I hate it. The low point of this episode for me was her long ass monologue. Yeah, she, her 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 accent did not do it for me. No, her accent was very thick. It was very thick and very like un um uninspiring. I guess I should say. Um, yeah. but I was going to say when I'm seeing their dynamic, it makes me think back to fucking um. <sighs> Tyrion and uh and Shay back Oh there. and Shay. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself oh. like, yo, what if like what if Uh-oh. what if Tyrion what if Tyrion actually had the balls to fucking do that with Shay and none of that shit would have fucking happened and then Oh god I <laughs> Fuck Shay No You like Shay? Fuck Shay <laughs> Listen Shay listen to me Shay only did what she did because she was hurt because Tyrion fucking couldn't commit because Tyrion wasn't it wasn't willing to stand up to her fa- to to his father and say like I love this woman I want this woman to be my wife even though she's a fucking whore Ew. which is exactly Ew. which is exactly Don't which give is, her Listen, no, she only don't give, did what don't she give her did an because she, she was She only hurt. did it. <laughs> God damn it, no, they were in she, love. She only they fucked her, his father. <laughs> For 
she didn't <laughs> want to. It was because <laughs> so, he was hurt. It's because, because Tyrion put duty before his feelings. That's why they loved each other. Damn it! So she put the thing. So, so she so she put his father's dick before him, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were not paying attention. You were not fucking paying attention. She did not just go and hop on fucking Lord Tyrell's dick. Okay? Shay Sip. did it. Sip. No! Sip. Shut the fuck up! Sip. She was scorned! <laughs> she was fucking scorned, goddammit! She thought she was being scorned by Tyrion. That's the only reason why she hopped on her father's dick. Also, her father oh. is a dick for fucking his whore just to make a fucking point. That's the only reason that happened was oh, yeah. fucking shenanigans. Oh, yeah. But the point I was trying to make, (laughs) but the point I was trying to make was the fact that Damon was able to take a fucking concubine and literally turn him, turn her into his wife. And it makes me think, it's like, why couldn't Tyrion, why couldn't Tyrion just do that with Shay and everyone would have been happy? (laughs) Do you think that he actually likes her though? That's what makes it interesting too, because you're not, I'm not even sure. He, He plays it like down the middle. Yeah, like I'm not sure if he actually likes her or not. Honestly, he 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 draws me as like he he like a very like uh apathetic apathetic person. Like he doesn't care, he doesn't love, he just he just fucks because he because he can. Yeah, I could totally see like a big twist happening like in the middle or toward the end of the season, where like there's a moment where you think they're super in love, but then he does some like fucked up shit where he kills her or something just for the sake of whatever his goals are. Literally. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the crux of the conflict, this episode was, uh, the, the King trying to figure out who he's going to marry. Um, and there were some good scenes. Like I liked that scene between, uh, Rhaenyris and I forgot her name, but the older, the queen that never was the queen oh. that was supposed to be queen, but yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I know what because, you're talking about. So I that, forgot her name. See that, that conversation is a great example of like that does pull from real the real life like real world where it's like no men would rather burn the 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 city burn the kingdom before they they bend to a woman and like yeah there was a time where that was fucking true so like that's that's accurate to this time period yes um and it was it was a good dialogue like they're back and forth like that was well done because it showed you like the the new the the mentality of the of of Rhaenyris, who's kind of like a young Daenerys, versus like it would without saying it, it was the same speech as like then I will break the wheel. You know what I mean? That that whole thing from Rain, Daenerys. Her name is Rhaenys. Rhaenys. That's what it says. Rhaenys. Who the, the yes the, the queen the the older queen, woman the queen who never was Rhaenys. Oh, Rhaenys. Okay. Rhaenys. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just felt like a very like. Uh, like this is how the world works now, but yeah. when I'm queen, I'm gonna change all that. Yeah, I like the I liked it. Honestly, I'm rooting for Rhaenyra. I'm rooting for her genuinely. I want her to be queen. I'm. I think this is the this episode. I like her more than the first one. The moment where I I, I like the moment where uh she flies to Dragonstone and confronts Danny yes. and basically save saves yes. them from being killed. So yes, to get the egg back. Yes. But that look, like when she goes to talk to Damon, and I look again, great scene. Beautiful. Just the dynamic between her I and Damon of like, it. well, then I'm the one in your way, Uncle. You have to kill me. Do it. And he's just like, mm, bitch, you lucky I like you. <laughs> he throws the egg at her. Yes. Oh my god. But when she walks away and she walks past the 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 hand, 
it, the the look she gives him is like a yeah bitch you know what it is like i love that look she gave him like <laughs> yeah 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 it's like try me uncle try try me like because it's like because because i because he knows i mean she knows she knows that he he loves her and it's like literally it's like they have very strong oh no 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 i don't mean i don't mean i don't mean the look to the damon i mean the yeah. look to the hand the oh king's yeah hand that was there. oh yeah lord because Hightower. that was Lord Hightower, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Lord Hightower, right? Because yes, it was yes. playing off the the scene in the beginning where she tries to give uh, her own input in the small council. Would They're like, look, eh, yeah. get out of here. See, you're, you're a girl. See, I don't know, Steve. Get out of here. <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's it's the exact opposite dynamic in uh, in House of the Dragon compared to fucking She Hulk and compared to fucking Rings of Power. Yes, it's like it's the exact opposite. Because oh, you, you mean character development? What a crazy concept that a character would start low and then build up. The power with She-Hulk and uh, Rings of Power is they won't let women be weak even for a scene. Like, you, but if you don't let these characters take hits, preferably take hits, they, there's no room for them to grow and get better. So, like, it's good that they're letting her actually be shown to not have a voice, be shown not to to have the same rights and staying, standing as a man. That way, when we get to the point where she does, we can appreciate it. Unlike in She-Hulk, where yeah. She-Hulk is the strongest Hulk, episode one. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, straight up. Because it's, it's like, I can see the potential that Rhaenyra has as as a leader and as a as a warrior. And it's like, I want her to, to I want her to have that. I genuinely do. Mm. I want her to be able to like accomplish that, and I want to see her. I want to see her riding her dragon on the battlefield, kicking ass. It's like that's what I want for her. I want to see her being a queen because yeah. it's like I believe that she can do that, and I and I want to. See, I want to see that for her. I I genuinely do. So I I I'm eager. To, I can't wait for yeah. the dragon battles, yeah. bruh. Yeah, seriously. The little tease we got here. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I did love that whole scene because it really felt like you felt the tension, and it's like it felt mm. like war was about to begin, and I was like, oh man, it's about yeah. To be I was waiting for some bloodshed to happen, but then it's like, nope. The, the baby girl comes in on her fucking dragon, and freaking she negotiates, and no blood is shed, and I was like, man, proud of you, <laughs> because that that is that is the end game of this season or series right it's the dance of dragons which is the war between all the targaryens so we're gonna yeah. see dragons battle yeah by the end of this right yeah 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 I oh believe. that's great and that that's see that's great foreshadowing then because like you said it did feel like war was about to start yeah. it's like oh here we go yeah. here we go <laughs> oh, i'm literally waiting for well, I, it really feels like you're waiting for the powder keg to fucking to to, to go off um yeah yeah man um what and else? it's compelling like, like, like i said before about what rings of power lacked it's 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 compelling i'm yes. hooked because i i yes. want to see that battle yes. i want to see what happens when these people who don't hate each other they clearly have love for each other so what pushes them to the point that they come to war like come to the actual blows like what's going to happen when damon doesn't stand down what what's changed you know what i mean it's like that's that's compelling yeah yeah, that definitely. Like, I, I, I really don't have a lot of complaints about House of the Dragon. I really don't. It's hard to find something to like, to nitpick at or whatever. But um, um well, actually, well, what I did want to talk about was uh, wait, what were you gonna say? Um, I was gonna say friggin' uh, the what happens at the end when the the king finally decides to uh take a wife. Can we get into that? Oh yeah, that's what I was getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how'd you feel about the whole Alicent of it all? 
Oh, man. You know what? I like Alicent. I think she's adorable, and I like the dynamic with her and Rhaenyra. Um, and honestly, I was kind of mind-blown that the king chose her to be his to be his wife at the end like that was a real like curveball for me really was, you were I mean, you were mind blown i mean because they did set it up there was that scene where they're talking well, and you could yeah, tell, like but time like, like like time passed since like before so they're more comfortable with each other i didn't realize how much time had gone by honestly i really didn't realize how much time had gone by between the episodes but like yeah. i know i know i know that she was there try just trying to comfort him throughout the entire thing after losing his wife but like i wasn't expecting expecting him to actually like take take her as queen like I, I didn't know what this man what this man's decision was going to be because like you got the whole council saying like oh you need to take it you need to have a queen you need to you need to take another wife or whatever but like it it they wouldn't i i just i know how the olden days how duty like affects everything especially when you're royalty but at the same time it's like let this man grieve like let this man <laughs> fucking like be in his feelings and like the finish mourning his dead wife and it's like you already want him to take another queen already it's like you selfish bastards fuck the realm i mean but <laughs> but it's like i understand like and i think sorel or Sar- how do you pronounce his name he made a really good case of like he laid it out he was like look we're we're weaker than we've ever been. Like you don't have an heir. The wife, your like your wife is dead. Like, uh, and, and we've got enemies on our border. Like those we didn't even talk about it yet, but those crab people, which oh, I think yeah. are, are cool villains. Yes, I, I'm like, oh my god, Jesus, the crabs eating people. Yes. Jesus Christ, dude. Like any, I, anything with anything with crustaceans, anything with crabs, like crab the crab aesthetics. It's like I'm in. I'm sold. Crab people. Crab. <laughs> <laughs> um, crabs versus dragons. Uh. But the fact that like it's it's yeah it's the fact that it's it's just the circumstances they're in. He needs to remarry. He needs to have an heir. Especially us, the audience, we know that he's sick and getting sicker every episode. Um, so it's like there's a there's a ticking clock of like if he doesn't have an heir, like you could easily see. And and knowing what we know about the Game of Thrones world, we know motherfuckers are plotting. So we know at any moment if he is killed or if anything happens, his his rule is over. Yeah. He'll be ousted like in a second. Yeah, and honestly, so it's I th- like I think you were right about um, Lord Hightower being the little finger of the oh, season. Oh yeah, I told yeah, I yeah. told you he yeah, yeah, he yeah. put her there for yeah. that very reason. Remember I, the scene? Yes. Remember the scene? It's all subtle. It's so subtle. But remember the scene where uh, he asks Lord Hightower and the Maester their opinion on who he should marry, and even in that conversation, you could see in Lord Hightower's face that he was like, "Oh, you might marry the Cyril's daughter." Uh, if it were me, your 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 highness, I I you know my my wife died. It'd be so hard to even want to move on. Like like I see what you're doing. You're trying to subtly manipulate him to not choose a new wife because it's not your daughter. And then even when before he went to Dragonstone, he told Allison again, like, did you go visit the the king? You should you should go do that again. Like clearly he set that up so yeah. that he would be chosen or I, he would choose her. It didn't hit me until literally the moment that he chooses Alicent to be his next queen. It didn't hit me until I realized like he set this shit up. He Reese Ivans is a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Literally. I uh, yeah, man. It took me a minute, but yeah, I was like, that's that's fucking clever. He's definitely the little finger of this story. Um but yeah, man, like just like how how clever the storytelling is and whatnot, yeah. I'm 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 genuinely enjoy, enjoying enjoying these episodes. 
it's well written so far. It's, yes. It's layered in a, in a really good way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like even like everything has consequences. Like what game made Game of Thrones so good was the fact that it followed real world logic and lacked plot armor. So when characters made mistakes, you start to get worried because it's like, oh, I see the domino effect happening here. And with the king, we're seeing it happen here where it's like, you honestly should have chose the little girl. No. <laughs> because it would have at no. least. But it would have it would have it would have fixed his alliance. He would not have had the black guy go to Damon and give him like the biggest fucking uh navy army in history or whatever. He would have uh protected his inner circle. And like the Hightower girl has no benefit to him other than just and that's the only reason we can relate to him is because it's like, oh, he chose that because he actually cares about her, yeah. not because he just wants to fuck anybody or whatever. Yeah. So like, it makes it relatable, but mm. it's also like, a, and that was your downfall. Because if you just pick the little... It's a fucked up choice to make, but fu- as fucked up as it is, if you pick the little girl, he actually probably would have been okay in terms of like uh, his alliances and his the future of the kingdom. Well, so it's, know- like, it's, all, it's like watching those dominoes fall. Is what makes it so interesting to watch. And you know what was the and, first... it, and it ruined his relationship with his daughter. Like yeah. you saw her reaction as soon as she picked her. Yeah. But um You wanna fuck my best friend? Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> that, I'm out. That's gotta be yeah, that's gotta be so fucking awkward. Man. And she wanted clearly they she she liked her friend. Like that that still was a play. Like, oh yeah! Clearly, that's right. Yeah. How fucked up is that? All she wanted was to be lesbians with this girl, and now her dad's gonna fuck her. I forgot. Holy shit! I totally forgot. That's a twist. (laughs) That's a twist. Oh no! I totally forgot about that. I oh man, I don't know how to feel. That's crazy. I don't know how to feel. It's like a it's like a soap opera in the most fucked up way. Oh my god! But it's like a car crash. You you can't you can't look away. You gotta watch. But I was gonna say, you know what the first, uh, re- the first uh, recognition was that things were gonna go wrong for him was the moment that he cut his finger on the Iron Throne. Because apparently, I didn't know this until I heard about it. But apparently, if you bleed, if you cut yourself on the Iron Throne, it's a curse on your house. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so literally that was the first in- indication that things were going to go fucking wrong. So now his Okay. So his, yeah. Yeah. So now his fingers I like No, I like that as like foreshadowing. Yeah, he's got like maggots and shit trying yeah, to heal yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's some old, but like, old there's, school fucking biology shit. There's a couple of things that are like foreshadowing like that even in this episode, like when he drops the dragon statue hmm. and then Allison fixes it for him. Mm-hmm. But like that that's definitely like a a metaphor. He, oh, he dropped yeah. the dragon and it broke. I, yeah, it was like oh, I didn't shit. even realize that. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah. much, so much. So, so but much this is the stuff I mean. When like I feel like if you go back and rewatch this stuff, yeah, if you go back and rewatch this stuff by the end of the season, I feel like it's gonna be better. Like it's gonna yeah. just get better as the episodes go on. Yeah. Um, and okay, so here's my one before we get out of this. Then uh, my one. It's not even really a complaint. It's a fear. And you mentioned it earlier with not realizing that enough as much time had passed as it had. It was like six months from the last episode to this episode. And then if you saw the preview for next week's or this week's episode, uh, it jumps again, like a couple of years in the future. And I'm like, are they going to keep time skipping like this every episode? Cause that's, that's, that could be concerning. Yeah. That's what it looks like they're doing. Yeah. They're getting, yeah. they're getting older. Yeah. They're getting older. Like every episode. 
Yeah. My fear is just like the pacing will get fucked up. Yeah. And like we'll we'll skip over too much character development or something. But yeah, definitely. I, I, that's a that's like a fear. Like just put that in like the uh, fear for the future category, and we'll see if it happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Because honestly, like I don't All know. Right. I don't know if I'm gonna be a a fan of that. Because it's like I don't know. I I liked the way that you normal storytelling goes, where it's like you get to grow up with the characters. You know what I mean? Because like literally, Game yeah. of Thrones was going on for like literally a decade, and we grew up with all of those characters like progressively. But here, it's yeah. like we're only getting like the one shot with House of the Dragon. So yeah, like honestly, it's going by too fast for me. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with She-Hulk. Uh, episode three of She-Hulk. More and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you, well, the She-Hulk, to be the face of it. First case is the parole of Emil Blonsky. Your cousin is held up as some kind of hero. Part of the deal is I have to take on Emil Blonsky. That that fight was so many years ago, I'm a completely different person. I say I've completely transformed myself. Change back now! Emil! All right, all right, calm down. So far, there have been no statements made by Emil Blonsky's attorney after shocking footage leaked showing the abomination participating in what appears to be an underground fight club after having somehow escaped from prison. Oh! Man! Man! No, we don't even need to say non-spoilers just jump into spoilers because it's like does anybody give a fuck about spoilers in the show at this point there's no nah, story bro. Nah, bro. <laughs> there's no there's no plot to spoil so like nah. what am i spoiling <laughs> let's just let's just get into it so this week basically it was two things wait going on. wait rating rating, rating? what's your rating yeah. <sighs> oh god um less than passable uh this is actually my favorite episode of the three really so yeah, well, I had two jokes that I laughed at. So oh. <laughs> two, two whole jokes. <laughs> Honestly, I've lost track at to like what jokes I've been laughing at and what I haven't been laughing at. So it's just mm. like I don't know. It's not hitting with me. But basically, it's like if we're gonna yeah, if we're gonna talk about it, it's like the basically the main two things that happened this entire episode was there was the storyline with Blonsky where Jen is representing Blonsky and trying to get him you know um basically like back out into society. But of course. He breaks out, uh, and what I thought here's what I thought was interesting about the whole thing um, was that Wong break. So the events of She Hulk, where um, Blonsky was broken out as abomination, apparently coincides with what was happening with the events of Shang Chi, because literally the events of Shang Chi, where abomination is appearing in the fighter's pit with Wong is the fight scene from Shang-Chi. So that gives you a timeline of, of like where, when and where this is happening. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yep. at the same time, it's like, it's very like, I don't know the, the thing. It's the thing with Blonsky. It's like, I'm still trying to debate whether or not Blonsky is like, he's being legit where it's like, he's a changed man or if he's like hiding his true agenda, because I know, yeah. I know that fucking that one woman Val has been going around recruiting fucking all of these characters, and I think they're trying to fucking. Mm. We're gonna get Thunderbolts at some point eventually, and I, I yeah, and I know they're gonna need a Hulk. So my assumption, yeah. So the so the the rumor was was that they're gonna get Abomination to be in the Thunderbolts gang unless they want to do fucking Red Hulk instead somehow. But 
I don't know how they would do that, but but basically, I I don't. That's the thing. It's like Blonsky's playing like he's neutered, but I don't know if he actually is. Because it's like he turns into abomination. He's a full blown abomination transformation, but he's apparently in control the entire time, and people are still fucking terrified of him when he's in abomination form. That that scene was so stupid. I didn't understand why they're like. "Ah!" Literally, he's literally he's talking like Korg. Why are you still terrified? So You've seen unnecessary. The Hulk. You literally, you know Hulk exists. Like, why literally. are you freaked out to him being existing? Like, whatever. <laughs> Big men strong. We afraid. We afraid. Basically, yeah. I mean, right there is another character that is neutered in terms of masculinity. And he's, and, and he's ten, a different. He's a different character. And ten lovers. Like what? Ten. Ten lovers. Seven. <laughs> really, bro? Seven, whatever. Whatever. Either or is it's like, that's like some serious polygamy weird... right there. What'd you say? I said that's some... That's, I said oh, that's you, some you like weird... You cut off too. I was going to say that's some like weird polygamous shit. I mean, yeah. It, so I'm going to give this a less than passable. Um, bordering our poor vision. But... Because of the rapid fire cameos, at least it kept me somewhat entertained. But again, there weren't really jokes that made me laugh, except for two moments. One being uh, at, at the end of the trial when they were like, "You know, Wong, you just admitted to committing a crime, right?" He's like, "I must go." I have to go. When he leaves, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, must, I must leave. I must leave. That made me laugh. That Actually, funny. yeah, that did make me laugh. Yeah, I was that... like, "Get out of here, Wong! Leave! Leave, Sorcerer yeah. Supreme!" <laughs> um, there was definitely another joke that made me laugh. I think, I I I'm not remembering what the joke was. It right wasn't. Now, it wasn't. The so end. obviously, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't the fucking no uh, the twerking at the end. <laughs> no, we'll get to the twerking at the end. That's not. I didn't laugh at that. I just said like, what the fuck? Because like Frank, like I was saying before in our uh during our emails, there you can tell what these writers care about. And it was clearly more Megan the Stallion than even She-Hulk. The fact that it was like a bad Simpsons episode where like the worst type of a Simpsons cameo where all they do is say the characters, the, the, the celebrity's name over and over again for clout recognition. Yeah. Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion, Megan You You know Megan the Stallion? What? You thought you dated Megan the Stallion? Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion. It's like, yo, how much are you paying this chick that you're using her name as often in this episode? And it's just like... You could have picked, like, uh, a Marvel celebrity. Like, there are, there are celebrities in the Marvel universe you could pull from. Dazzler. You could pick the mutant. Dazzler. Something interesting. But instead, you, you again, and this is what our, our emailer said, that it's like they're placating the lowest common denominator of non-comic fan. And that's who Megan the Stallion is for. Black girls, they or... or or really it's for the entire black culture they think is not watching She-Hulk that will get them to turn on She-Hulk. And I'm just yeah. like, this is like the lowest level of pandering imaginable. And then what you get is the bullshit that is in the show of, oh, hashtag me too. Oh, too many female superheroes. Oh, all these female superheroes. I hate it. You know, characterizing every person that criticizes the show as a sexist. Yeah, that was some shit. That was but some fucking shit. It's, it's, basically it's, like... it's definitely some shit. It's, I hated it, but but it, it it feeds back into the Megan Thee Stallion thing because it 
it disarms any criticism you could have of like this feels so forced and unnatural for the show and it's like uh she hulk used to fucking uh do funny things in the comics too you know just because she, she, you obviously never read a comic because she also did like uh, uh humorous things there and it's like shut yeah, the she fuck did funny up. things but but again it goes like that, that straw man argument of like yeah okay she did funny things but she didn't do shit like this where she's twerking with Megan the Stallion after a really heavy-handed forced cringy cameo that is like clearly a forced cringy cameo yeah. and even the twerking i mean like it was okay but like i if you're going to do it disney you're fucking cowards first of all how about less clothes huh can't do that no it's got it's got to be no it's got to be it's got to be a full business suit with like sh- with like dress shoes on, like you couldn't just go a little bit more sexy. No, it's got because you, you gotta walk the line where you want to be pandering, but at the same time you can't be too sexual. So they gotta wear the pantsuits because feminist empowerment, I guess. I'm like, no, dude, Disney is weird... no, dude. Not it's not even a feminist thing. Disney is tasteful as fuck. They will always do things that are tasteful. They will never push that fucking boundary. They will never will. Like, like... you have twerking. You already pushed the boundary. <laughs> That's the boundary. <laughs> you have a a, a a character that you're trying to put on a pedestal as like a, a, a what a, a female superhero little girls can look up to. That's the whole point of this shit, right? So you have her twerking in a business suit. That's empowering the little girls. No, literally, Ew. literally, there was like Ew. there was like nothing. There was like nothing superheroy about this episode, like at all. It's literally going back and forth between getting. No, blunt- there was there there was Barely. at the very end with the. <laughs> the 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 simp wrecking crew the wrecking crew that's like completely depowered i'm sure they're gonna get her powers because they tried to like steal her blood or whatever that was barely a, that? that was the barely a end, thing she gets jumped by four dudes yeah, with like I, now i yeah now i do now i do yeah i remember but like still it was like yeah it was still like it was still like non-entity it was, it was bad it, it was bad it, it was only just it was like, bad what? it was it felt pointless it was just like okay you guys, yeah, literally, and, it, then, and then it's like she gets she gets jumped, and she's like, "Oh wait, I have superpowers!" Boom, and then fucks every, and then fucks them all up. But see what I mean? Like even shit like that. I, I'm sure if I were to ask someone that likes the show, they'd be like, "Oh, that was just a funny comedic moment." But like, it wasn't funny to me. That read more like a, "We're gonna play this straight," like a woman being attacked first. But then it's like, "Oh, but no, because this is wish fulfillment." I'm actually a strong woman now. She-Hulk! And then she beats their asses. But I feel like that was uh, like the... Jordan, her she... name's not She-Hulk. She doesn't like to go by She-Hulk, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that scene, too, where she was Dude. like, yeah, some some guy picked it. And, like, he didn't. He spent, like, 10 seconds thinking of some it. Some like, man gave me that name, She-Hulk, okay? I don't like to go by She-Hulk. Thank you. Like, we I, we see you. We see but, you. But... But that that entire scene with the wrecking crew again, I think the whole point of them being like weasels is like they're gonna steal her blood and then somehow get Hulk powers, which is kind of what happened in the comics. They get like they get gamma powers, but it was an afterthought. It was more of an afterthought than the post credit scene with Megan the Stallion. If we're that tells you right there what the focus of these writers is. It's not the, it's not the plot. It's not it's not the superhero stuff. If we're listen. There are only two Hulks that I want to see come out of this show. Only two. If you're going to make another Hulk. There's only two Hulks I want to see at this point. One being Red Hulk. Two mm. being A-Bomb. A-Bomb was the uh, the Hulk for the Young Avengers. And since we're already setting up Young yeah. Avengers, 
it only makes sense that we'll get a bomb at some point. Um, but yeah, and since we're getting Thunderbolts, I would love to see Red Hulk be done at some point. Like, but... do you, you, you this this goes back to what you were saying before about wanting more comic accurate stuff, like more characters in Civil War. Yeah. You don't feel like adding all these characters, all these other Hulks is like Hulk is already not the Hulk. Like, do you yeah. need to add more other Hulks to dilute the Hulk pool more? Like, it doesn't just adding more characters does not make something better. It doesn't it doesn't make the the stories better or make the old characters more interesting what made comics so diluted and made so many people turned off from comics is this this like now there's a she-hulk then there's gonna be a red hulk then there's gonna be an a-bomb then there's gonna be and there's 20 different spider people and now there's 30 iron men and like it doesn't it all it does it's it goes back to incredibles when everybody's super then no one will be and like that was that's that to me is like what the the biggest weakness of comics are is that they never end and they just keep adding more and more and more until it all becomes this big convoluted mush. And I feel like we're already there with She-Hulk. If we add more Hulks, if we add more Iron Man, if we add more Black Panthers, it, it's just gonna we She-Hulk, Hawkeyes, like it's it's all becoming like oh my god, all right now it's the girl version of this, girl version of that, black version of that, Mexican version of this. Like I I just. You're making it all worse by trying to include all this shit. <laughs> I, I, I'm making it worse by wanting to include Red Hulk and the Thunderbolts and fucking uh, A-Bomb and the Young Avengers. Is that, is that so much no. to ask? Is that so much to fucking no. ask? No, inherently wanting these things is not going to make it worse. But the way these things are handled and when you put it all together, if, if even in the comics it all becomes too much... You think it's not gonna become too much in the shows, in the TV? I mean, we're already there. We're already in the point where like we're oversaturated. Oh, all these shows are just so it's quantity over quality. But like we're gonna keep doing this until what? Until we're eventually like I'm out. Like I, it's just too much at this point. Like it's just and it's all diluted and bad. Um, but I want to go back to talking about the the even the first scene and. Jen, she's again. It's like they can't. Feminists can't write likable female characters because it's like the, everyone tries to make like the the cocky smugness of Tony Stark, but without one the charisma of Robert Downey Jr., which is so important. You need to have that level of charisma to pull off an asshole and still be likable. Most people can't do that, male or female. So when you try and give characteristics of like a smug asshole to like a Jennifer Walters in that very first scene where she's like, oh, yeah, Wong's going to be in this episode, but don't think that it's going to be a, a show full of cameos where it's going to be like Wong. Oh, except for Hulk. Oh, I guess Blonsky. And I guess, but, but just remember whose show this really is. And it's like the way she talks to the audience with this like weird condescending tone. I'm like, literally, do you think this is likable? Do you think no. like you... You like like treating me like a child who's trying to like I'm here for entertainment and you're basically telling me like look don't think you're gonna get the entertainment you're looking for okay this is my show because I'm She-Hulk I'm like just fucking do it like and you know the only reason I'm here is for the cameos you know that so just fucking don't 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 neg me for it don't make me feel bad for wanting it just fucking like, keep it pushing. It, is that hard? But it's like, no, you have to like, it's like they have to condescend to you. It's like, why? It's because the, the writer, they don't give a fuck about the cameos. That's not why they're there. 
they're there for the for the the terrible court drama, which isn't really a court drama. It's just a hey, let's shit on this misogynistic man for like ten minutes. Oh my god, you're so fucking full of yourself. You think that Megan the Stallion would want to date you? <laughs> oh, what an idiot man! It's like. Okay, we're just going to dunk on this guy for 10 minutes in the courtroom. And that's the court, quote unquote, drama. Literally. All right, whatever. And Megan the Stallion, that's what you care about, not the cameo. That's why you can be condescending about that shit. And why when she's sitting in the bar with her female bestie, who still is just the yes queen voice of the, the writer, it's, it's like, oh, I can't wait to going back to being just a normal lawyer, even though I guess I'm a She-Hulk now too. It's like, why would... That's her arc. Like you before when I said like there she's not gonna learn lessons about humility or or being less selfish or being a condescending asshole. Those aren't the things about her personality the writer thinks are problems. And you the fact that we haven't we never addressed them. Everybody just accepts it. So there's there's no like characters in the sh- in the series that are like acknowledging that she's being you know, selfish and rude or whatever. Yeah. What the, what the, the arc that they're going to try and push on this character, which is the arc for every strong female character is that all she needs to do, Jeff is just accept her inner strength. That's it. Her whole arc is just going to be what the She-Hulk character was from day one in the comics, which is, Oh, I love being She-Hulk. That's her arc in this. That I guarantee you, episode six. That's gonna be what the the end message is. So self self. I finally like. Yes, isn't that always the message for these strong female characters? It's just men need to get out their way, and women need to just own their power. That's every single. That's Mulan. That's Captain Marvel. That's Rey. That's She Hulk. That's Galadriel. Like, you, come on, bro. <laughs> all day, all day. All day. That's that's the job. That's the chick that killed. Uh, uh, John Carter John Carter what's his name no uh, yeah John Connor yeah that's, that's a chick that replaced John Connor in Terminator Dark Fate like that's every single strong female character is the same fucking character it's crazy but I'm sexist for just pointing that out I guess <laughs> it's like bro Nah, man. Nah, um, nah, it's like literally, it's it's so freaking prominent, and it's like pe- pe- people want to go and say like, "Oh yeah, you're misogynistic or whatever," because it's like you don't like this. It's like it's true. It's fucking true. Like it's more apparent in our media, like more than fucking ever. It's like remember, remember, kids. Just because we're complaining about it, it doesn't mean that we don't support like strong female characters as long as they're written well and as long as they're like as long as they're fucking likable. Like these characters, there's nothing fucking I mean, likable about them. Yeah, we were just talking about Rhaenyra being likable. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um I was going to think was uh, so I was so I was going to say I want to I want to get this off my chest before we fucking end. Um but I want I want I want to speak it out into the universe my theory on She-Hulk and this whole thing. So Okay. To, so George, so I want to I want to get to see what the audience thinks if they think that I'm crazy or not. So Jordan thinks that I'm reaching with this theory, but basically, oh, my, this theory, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, he thinks ahead, that ahead. I'm he thinks that I'm reaching, but I'm gonna I'm gonna speak it out anyways. So it's the ass catch him theory. So I think <laughs> that from the first episode, 
Jennifer could possibly be in some sort of a comatose and that everything that's happening in the events of She-Hulk are in their are in her own imagination and that's why everything is like so on the nose with all of the uh with all with all of the like female empo- empowerment uh messages and whatnot. It's literally all <laughs> happening inside of her imagination and she's still in a comatose like being being uh being heat being in recovery uh with Bruce. Uh, another thing too, another another half of that theory though is that her reality is somehow being manipulated by a uh, a, a nexus level being like the Scarlet Witch, and or or even Agatha Harkness or whomever, whomever whomever has the power to basically like bend Jen's reality to this Ally McBeal lawyer type show that we as the audience are seeing. All a Wanda vision, which is why I think Wanda could have her hands inside of She-Hulk's mind. Because let's not forget, timeline, timeline, putting out in the timeline, She-Hulk technically takes place uh, around the same time as the events of Shang-Chi. And Shang-Chi, I think, is supposed to take place before the events of Multiverse of Madness. So, Scarlet Witch could be floating around out there somewhere. Possibly. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe she's fucking dreamwalking into She-Hulk's mind and making this television set reality of of She-Hulk attorney at law that we're seeing before us and we don't even fucking realize it. I think that's very meta. I think that's very mind-blowing to think about honestly because it's very plausible because it's like, think about it. Think about it. Does She-Hulk as a format, She-Hulk attorney at law as a format, supposed to be played off as a lawyer show it's very wandavision-esque it really is so it's like in my brain but see that's the problem <laughs> you're 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 so right like like for the audience you don't know jeff does this all the time where he will like connect the dots for writers like he'll he'll go out of his way to try and make something nonsensical make sense it's just and what usually my brain it works does. Yeah, and fair. That's actually, I think that's why you're a good storyteller Thank because you. you can connect dots. Thank you. Yes, and I feel like you're absolutely wrong, but <laughs> I love the theory because on paper it it would save the show, but they're not gonna like you're just trying to fi- you're coping. You're just trying to find a way to, to save the nonsensical bullshit in the show. I gotta but, make sense of it like, somehow, they- Jordan. I gotta make sense of it somehow. I need it all to make sense. Nothing can make sense anymore. I don't know what I don't know what anything is. I have to make sense. Make it make sense, Jordan. They won't make it make sense, so I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> like Thanos, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. <laughs> Give me a script. We connect these things. <laughs> I'm gonna snap all of us back. I'm gonna snap all of us back to before Endgame when things were happy and everything makes sense. Oh, oh my god! Because that would that would have been an amazing twist if this came out before Multiverse of Madness, and then like that's the like the end credit twist, like the last episode's last moment twist of She-Hulk. And then that segues into Multiverse of Madness. And then, like, when you go through the different multiverses or maybe you see flashes of things like Wanda's been manipulated. Because a lot of people thought they were going to do House of M with Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, so and did if I. She, if she broke reality, that would make sense. It would. Where, like, literally everybody is living their own personal utopian fantasies. Yeah. And Jennifer Walters was to become She-Hulk like her, like her cousin. Yeah, like that would have been interesting, but but then you don't. But then She Hulk's not real unless she, then you do some multiversal folding and bullshit at the end. But I, it's a it's a cool idea, but there's no way that's what's happening. It's just oh, a bad show, bro. I'm sorry. I know. 
No, trust me. I know that it's a reach, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it's just like the way that my brain works. I'm like, come on, like throw me a bone. It's like it makes sense. It just does. It's like this, like literally, like thing. The thing, everything is so nonchalant and it's not fucking subtle that like literally it plays out like a fucking like it plays out like a television show. It doesn't feel like an MCU superhero show. It literally feels like an episodic television type of show. And Wanda was all about that shit. Like WandaVision did the best. WandaVision did the best when it came to like doing parodies of television. So it's like, if like, it just makes sense. It just makes fucking, that makes sense to me, but I know it's not going to fucking happen. I think what's really sad is something you said where you said like WandaVision and She-Hulk kind of had the same tone and they do. Yeah. And that's sad because yeah. it's not supposed to be like that was like literally a parody of sitcoms. Yeah. I, I never thought that Marvel would try and create their own sitcom because it the problem is it it because it's part of a bigger universe. You can't really have standalone comedies that are like. That heavily push into a comedic world because it colors your perception of everything in that universe. That's why Thor Love and Thunder was so bad because now forever the Marvel Universe gods are all fucking idiots in cartoons. Like it doesn't it it lessens the world, the universe even, because now part of it is this weird cartoon caricature. Just like this. We're like now I'm supposed to believe that like even even Wong was more like ridiculous. Like he went he was talking about killing Leblonsky by putting him in the dark dimension or the mirror dimension. It made no sense. Like that doesn't even According to your own logic of you actually know he's a good guy and he helps you out, but yet you want to banish him to the dark dimension and or mirror dimension. As, but you, It's only because it's part of a joke. But even as part of a joke, why would you say that? It doesn't really make sense. Well, Wong's not I feel not like, like that's happening. Wong's not good with humor. Also remember that. He doesn't like Wong's not like a comedian. He's like, I don't know. That's, but he's but then there's no, there'll be no reason for him to say that. Yeah, like, why would you even yeah. suggest throwing him in the mirror or dark dimension. It, it was straight up like a Deadpool level, like joke. Morbid. And I, I, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's the funny part. It's like, I feel like Deadpool did it better because they were able, like even when they touched on elements of the X-Men, like it felt like those parts of the world were still serious. And only the things that Deadpool was doing was the ridiculous shit. Yeah. And even for the most part, the people around Deadpool weren't ridiculous like him. The comedy came from him being so ridiculous and everybody else is kind of being like, this guy's fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, but here everybody's just stupid. Like, yeah. Cause that was the thing with Deadpool breaking the fourth wall was because I mean, even because it's like he was supposed to be crazy. So that made sense as to why, like he's able to speak into the fourth dimension because you know, it's like, I don't know, mental disorder type of thing. I don't know. But the, I don't know. The thing with She-Hulk is just like, how is she able to like, there wasn't really like, I don't know. It's just very, very like on the nose and sudden that like, oh, she's just able to like talk to the audience like it's nothing and the, it's really the, not the, a lot. The, the fourth wall breaks in this are really poorly done. Yeah. Like every time they do it, it's like you didn't even. It's actually worse when they use the fourth wall break. I'm trying to think. I don't think there was a single time that I thought the fourth wall break was done well. Like I feel like she's. They, I feel in like. Episode, th- in episode two, she's bitching at the camera about the white dudes never having to deal with affirmative action. In this episode, she's bitching to the audience about us expecting to have more cameos. In the first episode, she tells the audience that she is a Hulk, and it's just a setup for the story. And then that weird moment where she's with Hulk, 
and she's like, oh, he didn't mean that. And it, but it was like it, that. Even that had no like bearing no, on anything. It was just like it was. It was okay. It was literally just like it really just felt everything. Every time that Jen breaks the fourth wall, it just feels spiteful. Everything just feels spiteful, and like she's like talking down to you. And it's like honestly, I would have liked something where she's just realizing for the first time that like, hey, who's that? Oh, can you guys see me? It's like. Am I wait? Can you hear me? Am I talking to you right now? Wow! Real, you just she... wrote a better introduction to the fourth wall breaks. I like, <laughs> I like yours better. Thank like, you. Yours better. Thank you, Marvel. Give me a fucking job, please. Seriously, it's like I'm not please. here to like I'm not here to put anyone down. I just want to, I just want to make things make things good for everybody. But genuinely, but you get what I'm saying though. It's like I feel like that would have yeah. made Jen more endearing. It's like oh, she's just realizing now that she can break the fourth wall and talk to her own audience. It's like how did this happen? Oh, it must have been from the accident. That type, that head trauma. Boom. There's your explanation as to why you're- Yes! To- even yeah. if you made a joke about it like that, that's so much better. It's like, am I, am I- Am I experiencing hit trauma right now? What's happening? Literally, <laughs> literally. It's like, yo, it's like, if you're gonna do it, like, give it some sort of explanation. Seriously. It's like, everything- yeah. That's the thing. And, and, and I- and, and I But stand- they're not even using it in a playful way. It's always no. to literally bitch at the audience. So I'm like, why? Literally. Why? <laughs> why? Because we're men. <laughs> it's because we're men. It, it just feels more like the writer, again, people that don't actually- Like, aren't actually She-Hulk fans. I feel like they're just using that as a device to vent their emotions. Like, it, again, it's all wish fulfillment, right? Yeah. So that every time she turns to the audience, it's because it's the literal writer who's writing the script in the moment and going like, oh my God, I just want to write a strong female character empowerment story, but I got to include all these cameos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't it sick? I've included all these cameos. It's not a cameo show though. It's a She-Hulk show or with the white, with the white, with the, the white office guys. It's like, a, I'm like, God, I've, I've had to work my ass off. To, to get in these positions my entire life. I'm just so fucking upset with white men never having to go through these struggles. Right, guys? Do you not feel the same way that I do? Like, that's what... It, it's that energy every single time. I'm like, it's not a coincidence. Oh, they... Yeah. It just feels like so an ongoing thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I you thought you froze up. for a second. I was like, hello? Hello? You did... You. I was gonna say, you froze on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've been freezing yeah, a lot. I just, I've ignored it. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was going to say, you've been freezing up on me, so I've been dealing with the same freaking thing, and I didn't say anything, because literally, literally, I've been dealing with the same thing, buddy. We are not ha- we are having a day. Lol. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah, we have we, that connection. Yeah, we, yeah, it's not good today. But we are officially at two hours and 40 minutes for the podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're out of here. Is there anything yeah. else you want to wrap up with She-Hulk? Uh, no. I think I think I got all my thoughts out for today. Right now, I just wanted to get my theory out there and speak it into the world. If you guys, <laughs> if you guys think I'm crazy, feel free to uh, email us again and tell and tell us what your what your thoughts are. I would genuinely genuinely like to know if you agree with me or if you have your own theories about what's going on with She-Hulk. Please, please indulge us. Yeah, guys, please weigh in on everything we talked about this week. Yes. I, I actually am curious. People will think that your theory could hold some water. I think it's. It's it's a very uh, it's a very it it'd be nice if it were to happen, but what's the word I'm looking for? 
It's not plausible. It's, I know. Which, I know. I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm it's not. Crazy. It's not plausible. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not plausible at this point, considering that Scarlet Witch is apparently dead. But just given the given 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 the she's, spots in the timeline, it kind of adds up. But but yeah. Yeah, she's anyways, definitely not yeah, dead. Even 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 if you guys think that I'm fucking crazy and I'm reaching, you go ahead and tell me. I don't mind. <laughs> Do you know what episode that Daredevil supposed to show up in? No, I don't. And honestly, I was going to say I'm scared for what they're gonna do with fucking Daredevil at this point. I am. You know I, what? Um, I'm I'm not even. I'm scared for what they're gonna do with Daredevil, but I'm more scared for what the reaction online is gonna be because I already see like the the Marvel Disney sheeple already preemptively defending this shit. Where they're gonna, we're already posting things like Daredevil was always funny. If you don't like a funny Daredevil, you haven't read a fucking comic in your life. And it's like, I'm shut fine the with funny fuck Daredevil. up. But yeah, but is it gonna be funny? That's no. the question. And I also, you know what I'm afraid for? The, because they keep, I think. Okay, let me let me explain it. And I'll say what they might do. Right. But because they keep diminishing the male lawyer. And like literally, he's just around to be the butt of all the the feminist writers' jokes. Oh, he's so he's so incompetent. He's so weak. He's so uh, self-absorbed. He's so such an idiot. Daredevil is a lawyer. Yes, I am so scared that they're going to diminish him as a lawyer to put Jen on a pedestal. Literally, that's my that's he my is theory. Literally, one of the literally the best lawyer. I don't and the best lawyer the, in the Marvel in the MCU and it's like he has been through so much. I know I it's still up in the air if this is even our same Matt Murdock that we had in Netflix, but it's like do if anything, make if you're going to make him antagonistic, make him a good antagonistic lawyer. That's fine. But don't fucking I don't put want him, him to down. be antagonistic. No. Nah. If you if you, if he's antag- if he's antagonistic, that gives them every excuse to make him worse than Jennifer Walters. Mm. I I hope he's a ally mm. and I I I hope that at the very least the fact that he is Daredevil will protect him from the the feminist agenda of diminishing every man that's competition. Oh god. Because we've seen what they've done to to abomination. What are they going to do to Daredevil? That oh, that's what I'm afraid for. No, Maddie, no. Again, I'm, more, I, <laughs> I'm more afraid for if it is terrible. Going online later that day and seeing all of the defense of it being terrible, and then having to like navigate the world with like the okay now I gotta make a post talking about how it was bullshit and then be attacked about like oh you just hate things it's like oh god (laughs) no shut the fuck up seriously seriously it's like everyone has criticism every everything and everything nothing is protected from criticism and everything deserves its fair fair share of criticism stop fucking defending the nah man we're we're getting to a weird place where people are hardcore you know what it is you know what someone said to me and we'll end on this because it was pretty it's pretty profound it made me go like wow that is what's kind of happening isn't it because it's so weird to me that we've gotten to this place where there are so many people defending, seemingly like religiously defending Marvel and Disney choices. You mean like, like zealots? Like to the point where, yes, like zealots. It, it, to the point where it makes me question, I'm like, are you being paid? Like, what is it? Why do you have so much of an investment in this company that no matter what they do, it's like, please, daddy, give me more shit to eat. And it's like, I think... And I'm not religious, so don't don't take this as like, a, oh, Jordan's trying to push religion on everybody. But like, we have become, and I don't think this is like 
a controversial thing to say because I think it's true. We've become a godless country. And I think we can both speak to that as people who grew, grew up in an era where the religious right, the conservative, conservative religious right was once what controlled the country. But now it's completely flipped. And the people that used to be diminished by by religion being so conservative, like, you know, women, gay people, whatever. Yeah. Now it's flipped. Where it's almost like people that are really religious are the ones that are like are condemned and treat it like they're stupid or treat it like they're the other or treat it like they're inherently racist, sexist, or homophobic. Like not all religious people are those things. They're not. But it's it's religion has become like a dirty word in our society. And we've watched the transition happen from the the conservative religious right we're in charge, and now the super liberal woke left are in charge. And the only difference is it's it's like we adopted a new religion. We we destroyed the old religion, which was God and the Bible or whatever the fuck that you what was. Again, not religious. I'm just saying what I've observed. And we replaced it with this church of wokeism. Like like your pronouns and all this other shit. Like the we have a there's a there's a flag for this stuff now. There's a flag for everything now. It feels like we created a new religion. So I think that the reason people will defend this stuff with such what's the word vehemently defend these things to the point where like it does feel like zealotry it's because we've replaced religion with consumerism so now Disney is religion Marvel is the new religion it's the new god oh god we're filling the void with something it's the only explanation for why they treat like like Disney and Marvel like they're infallible like anything yeah. they do is like it's great, and if you don't like it, something's wrong with you. That's yeah, religion. Seriously. That's the same thing as yeah. like <laughs> you need to really either stop talking or join our religion and say this is great. Speak the good word of Disney. Speak the good word of Marvel. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh my god, it is. No, this I, shit has become no. the new religion. Literally, and I and me, I I'm a fucking I I am not a conformist. I will not fucking conform to your fucking ideology just because you you deem it so. Even it's like I'm not me a man either. Of God. We're rebels. Yeah, seriously. I I'm not a man. I'm not a man of God. I don't agree with Christianity or some of the like conservative opinions. But at the same time, I don't agree with like everything that fucking the extreme like left is saying. That like, oh, we need to live in like a godless country. Like, no, there needs to be balance. There needs to be balance. There needs to be understanding. Coexist is still a term that people are seriously ignoring. Mm. As long as like, as long as yeah. fucking like you're not you're not killing each other. You need to learn how to fucking get along and coexist because we all fucking live here. Yeah. And there was a time where it was like, I remember religion was in everything. And then there was a separation of church and state. And then we slowly pushed it out. And now the reverse is happening with all the liberal stuff, all of the woke stuff. And it's like, now it's like, again, it started off with like a, hey, you li- live and let live. If you, I don't care what you do as long as you're not hurting anybody and you're living your own life. Literally. But slowly, like religion, it stopped being a, hey, live and let live. Now it's a, you better think like we think or you're canceled or you're out or you're going to be like or condemned by society. You you got to think like us or you're not part of us anymore. And it's like, oh, we we slowly let this become us versus them thing again. That's crazy. The yep. pendulum just swung all the way to the other side. Literally. And that's why you get people like in comment sections treating Marvel like the new God, like a new religion that 
it doesn't matter what they say or do, it's right. And if you're not on board, then something's just wrong with you, point blank. And it's like, yo, that's that's pretty crazy. And it's and in fact, it's not just crazy. To me, it's scary and kind of dangerous. Cause it's like, where does that end? Thanos was right. Thanos was right. <laughs> and on that note, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm done. But yeah, guys. I'm done. Right in. We will see you guys next week. That's been this week's episode of Blurred Vision. I've been your host, much Jordan. Love, much love. Which you, this has been the Blurred Vision with Jordan. This has been the Blurred Vision with Jeffrey Rays, and we will see you next time. Woo! Peace out, guys. Later. Uh, but I keep it real and I don't think I'll ever change. I'll never lie if you can look me in the face. I swear to God that weak shit isn't in my veins. I'll never change. I keep it real, I keep it real, my nigga, I keep it real. I keep it real, my nigga, I keep it real. I keep it real, my nigga, I keep it real. That's how I feel, my nigga, just keep it real.